0: Okay. 4 7 let us intercept the final yeah. 222 two. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Everybody, RC Ali Nation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 129. Is it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Seriously. Yes,
0: I... <laughs> it is. It's 129. I was just playing with
2: you. And let's welcome Dan to the show, everyone. He's our new guest host. <laughs> <laughs> Cut him some slack. <laughs> There's Nick. You did good that
3: time.
0: I did alright <laughs> that time. That Nick, Justin, and Jesse.
3: Uh, the crew,
0: the gang. The
2: yeah. Homies? The homies. True. The homies.
0: <laughs> Just hanging out. So here we are. It's Friday night. I got to tell you before we get going, Nick is um, at a remote location because he's hiding from the FBI. He's not at home tonight.
2: That's right.
0: So if he sounds a little bit different, it's because he's hiding from those big burly guys that want to kick his ass. Yep. Yeah.
3: And you're bringing that shit down on me, dude? I didn't know about that. Oh, cats out of the Dude, thing.
0: you're not supposed to let everybody know he's hiding in your I living room. Know where
4: he's at? God.
2: I am. I have this living room all to myself.
4: Yeah. Well, until we're done recording and Justin comes down there. Well, yeah, that's true. That, that is, is true. really weird. That, that it's weird no, hearing him.
0: That it's no hold bard then. <laughs>
2: Right. I'm not sure what
3: you're referring to there, Dan, but we're going to move on. <laughs> he
2: already asked me once if if something made me feel gay. <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I did.
2: <laughs> he, Yeah, well, he wanted
3: to drink his beer out of the bottle, and I said, you drink it out of a glass. That makes a lot more sense. Wait a minute. And he was like, no, that's gay. <laughs> Wait, you
0: drink your beer out of a glass, Justin?
3: Yeah, dude. Oh, I'm a I'm so a beer blonde. snob. I'm a beer yeah. snob. I don't drink crap beer. I drink good beer.
0: Well, I guess Nick's gonna find out if you're a snuggler tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we already just I all found out. I can Tell you
3: already. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> we we oh, just God. all found out that you <laughs> drink beer out of a out of a out of a glass, man. I...
2: More beer, please. Jeez. <laughs> gonna need it. I don't know. Keep drinking. <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, so here we are, episode 129. I don't know about you guys, but spring is kind of sprungy.
3: <laughs> it's somewhat sprungy. You're yeah, right.
0: It's, um, it, it, it's been really nice here. I got to tell you, uh, today I was in my office. Just I just wanted to leave. I just wanted to leave. It was so nice. But, you know, you get outside, looks nice, but it's not, you know, it's still 30. 38 degrees. The sun's out, man. It's, man. Time to get some flying in. I do believe. Speaking of end, And what? Are you trying to get did me you? to go first? What, what's the deal here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. absolutely, dude. You yeah. don't open
3: with that and then not continue.
0: I've got some pretty good... I've got, I've got some pretty funny stuff. Here, let me tell you, first of all, I did get some flying in this week. No fly. Not this week for this man. Woot. Uh, I got... Um, I felt... I got a little... Oh man, I, I I wasn't real vigilant about the whole logging thing. I do know that on the fifteenth, which was Saturday. Oh wait, what? hang on, hang on. Goodness, it's not as it's dude. Not, it's not nearly. I would nearly, not have told us that. It's not nearly as bad as Nick. I do know that I logged eight flights on Saturday, and I got three flights, and I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday night after work. I'm thinking it was Wednesday night.
2: Well, it's it's the quantity that matters. I don't care about what evening.
0: So that puts me at eleven. Nice. Grand total for the of year? like <laughs> shut. up. <laughs> 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 Jesse, you're a cock.
4: <laughs> that a, damn, that was a
3: how
0: did question. how did
4: Jesse get that?
0: Isn't he it, the one that just asked Nick me? Laughing? I think it was Jesse that asked me for the year.
4: I was just clarifying. I'm trying to help you.
0: Okay. No, it yeah. uh, puts me at... It um, won't be factual. I want to say 34 for the year, but you guys aren't letting me count multi rotors. but Ed has told me he is volunteering his 26 flights to my count, so what is it? That doesn't you? work. No. What? That doesn't, it doesn't work. doesn't work
3: like that. No.
0: We didn't make that rule. Because
3: we know Ed's flights. What? <laughs> They're like hovering before a screw comes loose. Oh,
0: no, no. You guys... <laughs> or a link falls off. Now you're the dick, man. Come on, Ed's been doing great. That's go on, dude. Ed's Ed's flying. Nice coordinated turns. He's he's you know I mentioned I guess it was just recently um, how he's struggling uh, committing to turns. That man, I don't know. He's been simming. I guess I set up a sim. Wow. And um, Justin,
4: you better watch out, man.
3: I'm gonna eat my words here. Um, I apologize, Ed. (laughs) He actually went flying
0: today (laughs) uh, while I was at work was sure to let me know that he was flying and I was working. Thank you for that, Ed. But now he's coming along. He's, he's no longer just at the hovering stage. I, I can't help but wonder if that's going to change when he fires up the 7HV. Something tells me he's going to be back at the hovering
4: stage for a while. Uh, for a little bit.
0: But, uh, yeah, I got some flying in. So this week was... Um...
3: oh goddamn cat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: get I warned you about that shit, dude.
2: You people, you cat people are sick and weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Excuse uh, me while I get this cat out of my crotch. Oh, oh,
0: oh. oh I almost went there. I should have. He's a you Justin.
2: Okay, I'm good.
0: All right. So uh, Ed uh, called me, of course. Um, he got some flying in. But this week. We were both on a mission because, you know, we've been talking about the Elise and he's been talking about the 7HV, not to our listeners, but to me, and I've been kind of relaying that, anxiously trying to get these helis flying, feeling very pressed with time. This week, we just decided to get it done and um, it's done. A couple funny little building stories. <laughs> so we got the helis to where they were at the same part in the build. We're both putting icons on them. So the idea being I would do a part, you know, a step and then he would try to do the step and then I would help him finish that step. And so we were at uh some I think we were we were making new battery leads, you know, kind of like you made Nick for with the Y splitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he's he's putting this into his icon. And He realizes he, for whatever reason, he needs to pull it out because he doesn't like where it is or it needs to go into a different spot. I don't know. And I'm kind of listening to him talk as I'm working on my heli, and all of a sudden I hear him go, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm turning around. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, oh, man, a bunch of smoke just came up from my (laughs) heli.
1: Oh, <laughs>
3: dude!
0: And I kind of go, glance over, and sure enough, man, the the little Y splitter lead is just melted. Uh, it, I mean, <laughs> what happened?
2: So <laughs> sorry, but I love a good fire story. He's
0: using hemostats to pull these wires in and out of the icon, right? Oh, dude! So you know, which is fine if you're very careful of where you're grabbing. You know the servo lead ends, the connectors. But if you just kind of haphazardly smash that that uh, hemostat over those very brittle, fine uh, stoppers or holding little—you know what I'm talking about—little plastic things that kind of hold them from coming back. Yeah, if you smash the hemostat across that, you're gonna short out. Right.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And he was he was like, oh, I don't know, man. I just saw a bunch of smoke. I said, well, where did it come from? He said, the heli. <laughs> and I'm like, descriptive. I'm like the whole very descriptive. The whole, all the electronics. What he goes, no, it came from the icon. And of course, we were thinking that he, I, I, and I didn't realize what he did until after I'd taken it all apart and and saw that he would just shorted out that lead. Uh, that was kind of fun. So we just kind of maintained these two helis step by step, and um, we just kind of got it done, and he tried to learn about the electronics, but I was kind of impatient because I didn't have a lot of time, and I, I needed to get them done, and I knew he wanted the 7HV done, so he was trying. He was trying to keep up, but he just he couldn't, and um, so tonight we did the final steps. Nick got on the phone with me, and we... Went over some of the very final governor setup stuff and just double-checked some of the other settings, and I'll be goddamned, man. We got two helis ready to maiden in the morning.
2: Yeah. Sweet, man. Gotta... Check all your servo horn screws.
0: I've already done that. That's I, And I, check
2: the fly barless direction.
0: I've already done that as well. I will double-check all that stuff, but I, I'm <laughs> a big proponent of checking the servo horn screws. I crashed six the ED600 doing that. Did I ever tell you guys? Usually, it only takes once. Did, did I tell you guys about when I had my uh, Gowie X5? The first five flights on that heli? Did I ever tell you what I did there?
2: Oh, didn't it? Didn't you forget one? I did. But then, but it you made caught it. It, like...
0: it made it through five flights before I noticed it. That's crazy.
2: Ooh. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's dangerous.
0: I I captain
3: that's how Dan lives. <laughs> yeah. On the edge.
0: You know, that's how I roll, dog. Danger-y.
3: Dan,
2: danger. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: you know, we got we got the um, everything ready for tomorrow. We we I all my stuff is basically still up up at Ed's, but we loaded up most of it in his SUV, and um, we're gonna get up there at about nine o'clock in the morning as soon as the weather starts to pick up. Here's the deal: I checked the weather last like Wednesday, and it said it was supposed to be. 50 and, like, mostly sunny. I haven't checked it since, so it's going to be 50 and mostly sunny. God damn it. It better be. Well, the simple matter of fact is, I haven't checked it, and I don't care. I don't care if it's 30 and windy and snowing. We're going. So
3: Good for you.
0: I, I just, I don't want to, I didn't want to look at the weather, because I didn't want to go like, ah... No, it's uh, all day or tomorrow. Don't have anything to do in the afternoon, so I'm going flying. No no new heli goodness showed up this week. I haven't really had anything on order, man. I, everything that I've gotten is sitting up at Ed's. This needs to be built. I haven't touched the the nitro, so.
3: Well, hold on. I've got something you've got to explain to me. Because if memory serves, you posted a Facebook post saying Ed has to choose what radio he wants to fly.
0: No, I said Ed can't decide what radio he wants
3: to fly. Okay. And in the photo was a grouping of like six or eight radios. Six. I thought for a moment we were looking at a post from Turek. I saw your name, (laughs) changed my mind. What's the story here?
0: Well, Ed just bought a 14SG. Why, I don't know. He did. I guess he did. So he has a 14SG. He's always had two DX8s. He has two DX8s because we used to buddy box a lot. And he never, you know, whenever we were mix matching um, radios like the uh, DX7 or the 9303, mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, I just don't like the way this feels. I like the way that. All right. Well, if you want a buddy box and you're so concerned about the feel, then get another DX8 and that'll make it easy. So he did. And so he's got one that he flies and one that sits and collects dust. And then he's just recently bought the 14 sg And so on my side, which is the right side of those radios, you have the 8FG, which is my buddy box radio. Then you have the original 14SG, which has the knob on it now. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the second 14SG, which is a standard... Radio. Basically, those two radios are my main radios. And depending upon how my joints are doing, both those radios are set up the same. If I need to use the rudder that day or the knob that day, I can. Or if I'm feeling good, I can use the standard radio. Nice. So yeah. that's, uh, that's where those six radios come from.
1: Wow.
2: I have a hard, hard enough time deciding on one. I only have
4: one Do I fly my 8 FG or my 8 FG
0: you
2: know I, I
0: the reason I took that picture is because I was sitting there in Ed's little man cave, and uh, I, I was looking around going, Jesus, look at all these radios are we're not we're not Heli guys, we're radio collectors
1: <laughs> 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 and i said let's
0: let's put it into perspective let's light, you know let's put them all on the floor and just it's a lot of radios, six radios between two guys. And they're all relatively new, up-to-date. It's not like ones from the 1970s and ones from the 80s and ones from current, you know. That's true. They're all very capable Mm -hmm. radios. But I got to tell you, every time I mess with the programming on that DX8, I just think to myself, what a hunk of shit this is. I just do not like that radio. It feels horrible to me. Is that a bad thing?
4: No. No. Every time I go to program a DX8 or a Spectrum radio, I'm like, "Man, this is so
0: easy." Well, it is easy, but doesn't it? Doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? It's like, this is exactly. Oh no, I remember. Sure. Yeah, this
4: I
3: just, is how it's supposed to be. I can't do the feel on those radios. Ex- that's exactly right. It I, just doesn't work for me. Don't... It feels big. It feels clunky. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't that, fit my hand.
0: And that's kind of where I was at with it. I just don't particularly like the way it feels. So that. Uh... I think that about wraps it up, man. You know, I'm just uh I'm man, I'm stoked. I'm gonna do some catching up to Justin this weekend. I can feel it.
3: Oh, well you I, just wait.
0: I don't even give a shit what you did this week, dude.
3: Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I,
0: I swear to God. I will surpass you. Let's let's make a little wager here. A little friendly wager.
4: Ooh, oh I like haircut. where this is going. Without even right.
0: without even knowing how many flights you got this week. And you're already substantially further than I am along is if I remember last week, I was somewhere in the high twenties and you were like in the upper fifties. Yep. So April's almost here. Yep. I'm guessing by the time Othello gets here, I will be past you.
3: I will take that challenge. Ooh. I Either? will take oh. that challenge. What Just are we wagering? Good this. sir. Jesse, I'm in control. I've only had one beer. All right. I know what's okay. going on. Okay. All right. Bear with me. What are what dude. are we wagering? Yeah.
0: I I was kinda of hoping we'd just do a friendly wager, but you want to put something on it?
3: Yep. There's no such thing as a friendly wager. <laughs> oh,
0: there is too. I
3: mean, dude, the loser. Friendly wagers are is, for people is that One lose. step closer <laughs> yeah, to, means... to bullsack.
2: <laughs> we All right. <laughs> we're breeding wieners around here. <laughs> what do you
0: want to put on it? Last time I lost a bet, I had a hell of a time getting Jesse to take the prize. I almost had
3: to. Well, this is Justin, though.
0: Yeah, you got a point there.
3: Oh, dude, I'll take the prize. (laughs) There's no shame in my game. All right, what do you want to bet? If I beat you, you're handing that shit over. What do you want to bet? I don't know. What do we think? Like uh, a a set of blades? Oh, good. Is that too much?
0: I, I think I can take that bet, man. Set okay. a, a set of uh, compass.
3: Whatever blades you want, you choose the blades. Edge seven fifties. <laughs> no, 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 no. For a heli that you own. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. Come on.
0: Uh, except, wait a minute here. It has to be comparable in size. I'm not going to go buy you a set of blades for your seven seventy. In in lieu of that's losing. fair.
3: Okay. So what do you you got seven hundreds? We're talking about seven hundred size blades. All right. So whoever wins the other the loser will buy them a blade set of their choice in the size range of 690 to
2: 720. Well, okay, hold on. I'm going to I am going to save someone from some real heartache there because I think you can still get the Maverick blades that look like a star-spangled banner.
3: Let's
0: narrow it down. We both <laughs> <laughs> We both fly the Compass blades, right?
3: Yeah. All right. We do. A set, of yep. set a Compass blades. 700. Set of Compass Okay. Fair
0: enough, because they're not that expensive. I'm e-shaking
3: as, as we speak.
0: All right, me too. You got it. Let it be okay. written. Let it be done.
4: Here we go. And this is by, by Othello. By Othello. By Othello in May. And we May will announce. Okay. 16th.
0: Here's the deal. We will announce the winner and the loser has to hand over the blades during our live production
1: at <laughs> Othello. Go. Okay, good. Yeah.
3: And no flights at Othello count.
0: I don't. Oh, why not? I don't think so. I think they should count.
3: I think they should. I count. Think I they should. should get oh, Friday. so hold on. So you're saying you're saying who gets the most flights between now and the live recording on Saturday? Sure.
4: I don't know. I kind of lean towards the no Othello flights count because that way it's. You know what? <laughs> I'll roll with it. You decide, Dan.
2: What do you think, Nick? I don't see. I mean, why? I don't know. I don't. Why? Why would you not count? Othello. Because we're both
0: going to be just as busy doing podcast business. I mean. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I wouldn't be if you bet me. (laughs) Jesse's like podcast. (laughs) What podcast? I'm like blades. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse. All
0: right, man. So it is. It's a bet. You got it.
3: Okay. So whoever has the most flights by Saturday evening. Yep. During recording.
0: That's right. And we have to stop the count. When we start setting up for the show.
3: Why don't we set an actual time? Noon. Otherwise, noon we'll abuse Saturday. that. Noon on Saturday.
2: Noon. Okay, noon. I'm good with that. There there noon Saturday. And
0: that gives us time to tally everything up.
2: Yep. All right. So it's most flights total, not the most flights from now until then, No, it's correct? most tight flights from yeah, the whole Yeah, it's, it's year. total for the whole year. All right.
3: You're going down. All right.
2: All right. <laughs>
3: Bring it.
0: So, I don't even remember what we were talking about before we got off on this tangent, but um
3: I think that's you were the- saying you think you were done.
0: I think so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think no.
0: I think that's my week, wrapped up in a nutshell. Who's next? Don't y'all go at once now. And I'll go. All right, Nick, let's hear what you have for us this week.
2: Um I was uh, last weekend, dude, it sucked it rained non stop huh. just non stop mm-hmm. i mean seriously like it did not quit raining as in not even one little break enough um i got the i got the md finished it is up and flying now um it's All turned right. out a little bit. yeah it's actually turned out a, a little bit different which will be really good in the end uh, a little unexpected, but that's okay. You know, we'll we'll roll with it. It's hard not to help. Uh, so what kind of what happened? There's a little bit of a backstory behind it. When this helicopter got transferred, we'll call it politely, from one distributor to the other here in the U.S. and got all back up on the snuff and and kits got back in stock. They made some revisions on it including a new lower frame set um, so that it uh, it was taller, so that it would fit the taller, shorter packs like the Gen Z's 5300s. And there were a couple small things that kind of got oopsed in that revision. It, it really didn't get, like, tested, we'll say. Um, so uh, I kind of ran into a couple small issues. Uh, so I ended up working with the distributor and um, the owner, Uh, Sam to kind of help him get those, you know, deals all figured out because I, I mean, it's like I sat back and looked at it and was thinking, well, wait a minute. I want to give an accurate review on this heli, but what I'm getting now is not going to be what everyone else would be getting. You know, by the time, by the time this review is finished, all of these things are, are done, dealt with, figured out and corrected. So, I'm kind of trying to base it on, you know, from this point forward, that sort of a thing. But it's going really good. I'm really excited. Um, You know, there's there's some little quirks and there's some awesome stuff. And I'm just, yeah, get a little bit more flights in it. Came down here today, grabbing some 750s from Justin. We're going to really start putting the hurt now to it because it's not even like it's just it's not even flinching with uh, the setup that it's on now in 700s. I mean, not even close. Dude, you can just silly, stupid power out of that KDE motor. I'm blown away at at how well it's all working. So I'm I'm excited to get that review kind of wrapped up and going. Man, it's a
3: beefy helicopter. Yeah, it's big. Like seeing it in person today, I was surprised. It's long and big. Well, that's how I roll. (laughs)
1: It's long and big. And as I was saying that, long and big, uh,
3: I realized
4: how it came out. Remember, (laughs) he drinks his beer out of a glass too, so yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, strike two! Bam. (laughs) No, it's
2: uh, well, you know, and it's kind of not. It's not really fair to compare because I I picked out my components to build this as a 750-800. So I was mm. not sparing with anything. I mean, I've got a Castle 160 in there, and then I went with a 455 G3 KDE motor, and it, which is, I mean, that thing's a monster. It's big, it's heavy, but the power is just, I mean, it's enough to pull that class times two. Uh, mm. So I, I wasn't super sparing on the weight, knowing that I actually didn't want it too lightly disk as a 750 or an 800, but I was really shocked at how it, it's it's handling the 700s. Like I I have no complaints, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm cool. So we then we the weather was supposed to look a little bit better on Monday, and I was kind of I was getting over a pretty nasty cold, so I kind of <laughs> <laughs> had that cold on Monday too. <laughs> And then, uh, (laughs) well, I I did, I did, hey, I got up in the morning, I got a bunch of chores done at home, I hung out, I was not quick to get out to the field, that's for sure. But we did get out, me and Jesse got out there to get a little bit of flying in, and um, let's see, got the, oh, I got the 700X, Maidened on V-Bar, which went uh, horribly. (laughs) (laughs) What happened, dude? Uh, It's... You know, the tail's very different on that. That thing has just silly amounts of tail authority uh, with the 115s on there. And I, again, not being overly familiar with V-Bar, uh, you know, the I've, I have the MD on a full-size uh, V-Bar, and that has actually, the tuning on that has gone really, really well. Um, no complaints. And I am running on the v gov, so I will be giving everyone kind of an update on that as well. Uh, but the 700X is a little bit, It's odd to tune on the tail with any flybarless system. The gain is really, really low on it because it has so much mechanical advantage and so much tail thrust. And just not really knowing where to start. uh, Very quickly, I went out there and stripped a set of torque tube gears (laughs) on an on a bad overgain. I mean, it was like punch out of death.
1: (laughs) Yep.
2: That's cool. <laughs> so you know, I'm not really going to blame it on V Bar because that the heli is a little odd to tune on the tail. You know, bummed out because I, I did want to get some more flying time in on it and really see how the uh, how the 535 KD motor does with the with the V Bar Gov. But we'll get it back in the air, and you know, I'll, I'll get there. And then let's see. Oh, I well, Justin, I'm actually going to let you. I'm gonna let you talk about this, okay? But I, I'm um, surprised,
3: but I'll I'll roll with it.
2: Yeah, I, I want to hear I want to hear your side. Um, I did start the daunting task of tearing apart the 700 DFC. Oh my god!
0: Worse than you thought.
2: <laughs> How'd that end up? Uh, pretty bad. <laughs> I, I will be very honest. That ended up bad. Uh, And and part of it, I say part of it, was piled on top of um, a a severe lack of maintenance. I was very upfront in saying that I just flew it, and I never did anything. And boy, it really showed when I started taking it apart. All but two bearings in the entire helicopter were bad. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's just dirty abuse there. Yeah, so it was... You know, it was a good, honest, um, I, I used to, uh, I used to St. Paddy's Day sale. I, I needed to get everything kind of in a hurry. So I was, you know, looking for like, who had this, all, all, all the stuff and everything at once. And I went to, and and then well, what do you know? I got this email from, uh, from Kenneth Lower Heli, hopped over there. He had everything. It's close. You know, it's just right down. It's not very far from us at all. So I maximized on that. And I would say a couple hundred bucks in in-align parts, about 25 bucks in bearings. And, and this is the bad one. I bent the tail lever on that over-under tail control assembly. Mm-hmm. You can't buy that tail lever.
1: got to well, so ha- buy the whole thing. You got to buy the
2: whole thing. You got to buy the whole thing. See that stupid man, 40 bones for that thing. So I kind of decided, well, screw this. And I just out of spite, I called Patrick Kikiti. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm buying yours because I'm pissed that I have to buy the whole entire thing. So got that coming. And I would say, I mean, to put it back the way it was, which the canopy wasn't great, but it did smash it beyond repair. Uh, it's you know three fifty four?
0: Well wow, that's that's kind of what what you kind of guessed it at.
2: Yeah, I, I knew it that's was that's without be blades bad. though, right? Or is no, that, that with would be thing? Yeah, that would be with. Oh see that's that's not terrible. No, and you know, you know what if to you
3: be drive in any seven hundred harder than like a botched auto, you're looking at a hundred to two hundred bucks in parts usually.
2: Well blades and canopies two hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean right there automatically yep. so but you know now that it's all done, it is I, I did go above and beyond on some stuff. I replaced absolutely every last little thing to make it like brand spanking new. So it is in like flawless brand new condition. Um It does look nice. It it looks like it just came out of the box. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll I'll finish slowly working that one back together and hopefully the reason I'm down here at Justin's house, I'm on some Work training in Seattle all weekend long. Who does that? People, really. You do,
3: apparently. Yeah. But tell us why
2: you're staying at Justin's place. I got bone, dude, big time. I mean, talk about a D-bag move. I hope my boss doesn't listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like, so I volunteer. I'm like, hey, you know, I know one of the guys. We have two shops. Um, and I, I know one of the other diet guys at the other shop. And I said, hey, I don't, you know, I know him. I don't, I don't mind. We'll be down there at this convention center. And I said, you know, we can just, we can share a room. That's fine. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, thanks. So I get the email and everything, uh, confirmation about a week ago or two weeks ago. And I notice I'm like, wait a minute. Why does that have three people on there? So then he very casually mentions, you know, Without actually saying, hey, do you mind if one more dude goes with you? You know, oh, yeah, sometimes what we even did for those was just throw a cot up and we'd get a bunch of guys in the room and everything. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, you know, good for you. <laughs> Apparently, that was his nonchalant way of telling me that that's what was going to happen. So, no. Uh-uh. Huh. True. I, I ran over, ran away to Justin's house, and I'm staying here and we're hopefully going to get a little bit of flying in. Yep, hopefully. And I've got a
3: really awesome trailer in my driveway right now. You got to see it. With a gigantic RC Heli Nation sticker on it, (laughs) (laughs) which is just
2: awesome. Yeah, you got to tell him, dude. I forgot. Okay. Random dude, you know who you are, in a white Chevy work van. Man of color, holding what looked to be a DX8 or a DX9 out the window, waving at me, <laughs> you are awesome. On the freeway. <laughs> On the freeway.
3: <laughs> nice. You are Someone awesome. was like, dude, it's RC Heli Nation. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. All of a sudden, he drives by, and I see this radio out the window. He's waving it. I'm like, dude, that's rad. So, Yeah. To random white van DX8 guy, you're cool.
0: That is awesome.
2: We salute you. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's Somebody it.
0: many? Where are you at? Give us a total on your flights.
2: Yep, totals. I I don't I don't have my. Uh, oh
0: no. No, I
2: don't. I would say. I think. How many more? Because you were at like what were
3: you were like 110 last week or 107? Somewhere in there, yeah.
2: I think I want to say I'm at 119, 120, right around there. Okay. Yeah, maybe
4: 123, something. We all know that RC helicopters are all about precision. Everything from the parts that we build them with to the tools we use. But the most important thing is making sure that we have our helis set up absolutely perfect. There is no room for air, so to make sure you get that perfect setup every single time, head over to Soko Heli Tools and check out their high precision setup tools. That's Soko-Heli-Tools.com. So Justin,
1: yes,
0: you've been I, I can I can sense it. You've been chopping at the bit to relate to us how your week went and it i guess kind of put me further behind you in flights that's my assumption is that uh, is that what's is that where we're at
3: i i think that might be part of it okay. but in general it was a good week so we'll start out with the flights it, it wasn't a no fly in fact i have flown every day since last saturday except for sunday when it rained and wednesday when it rained wow i've been trying to get flights in during lunch and or after work. And now that I've got four packs, it's easy to charge them all up the night before and just be ready to do two at lunch, two after work each day. So on Wednesday, the the sun broke and we got a slow of rain and wind and nastiness. So it just wasn't possible, but I've been pushing it pretty hard. I have increased my flight count by 15 this week. Come so respectable? Am... No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> yes, I have.
0: That, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna say that's not a respect, but dude, I, I you had,
4: just told us you flew every day.
0: I know, and I had 11, and I only flew two days. And you're, you're yeah. Out of well, I'm only days?
3: able to put in a few flights at, during work time, man. Dude,
0: thanks in advance. And for I'm just gonna say that right now. <laughs>
3: oh, 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 no, <laughs> if, man. If you want
0: to, you can send him to a custom paint shop and have my name put
3: on them. <laughs> you can adorn them with your citizen stickers
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> so but seriously that's good for me man i'm up at 72 yeah i don't i don't
0: want to give you the impression that i that i don't think that's good
3: i do want. were you, you expecting like 40 flights i, w-
0: I do want to give you the impression that sucks when you me, <laughs> <laughs> when you tell me you for right, every day screw you dude <laughs> <laughs> you can't come at me telling uh, me you flew every day and only say okay 15.
3: so here's the story right? right saturday last saturday i flew and it was rainy as hell and i said you know what screw this crap it's been rainy for the last week and a half i'm not doing this anymore i'm going to go out to the field and if i have to sit in my car and wait for it to stop raining to get flights in then i will and that's effectively what i did and i was able to get like five flights in before it was literally pouring on me OK, and so that was my Saturday. So you, you borrowed and
0: Nick's big girl panties that day.
3: I borrowed Nick's big girl panties. I drove out to my field in Snowhomish, and discovered very rapidly that it was a lake. OK, and where it wasn't a lake, it was ultra muddy. So I stopped my car on the gravel, literally like picture this. There's a gate that opens up to go into the field. The field's all grass and there's like a 30 or 40 foot strip of gravel that comes off the gravel road through the gate into the grass. I parked on the gravel, literally in the gate. Like if you were to close the gate, you would hit my car. (laughs) And I flew from there because there was no other way I could get around the field. Although, drama alert, some D-bag in our club decided that he would explore the terrain. I
0: heard about this
3: in the lake and see if he could find a dry spot. Now, let me paint a picture for you guys. <laughs> You're rolling down this quarter mile dirt road. This is all farmland, okay? They they plant beans in the adjacent fields. There is an irrigation ditch. Now, generally, the irrigation ditch is probably only a foot or so worth of water all the way down at the bottom. But it's an eight or nine foot deep ditch. This ditch is so full right now that the water level is at the dirt road or only a couple of inches below. The fields are completely soaked. Half the field is literally underwater. And this person decided that they were going to romp around to see if they could find a firm portion of land. Now, this is incredibly frustrating to me for a couple of reasons. One is, why the hell would you do that when you see all the freaking water on the field? Two is, after this broke in our private club group on Facebook, everyone got up in arms about it and, you know, got aggravated. And rightfully so, I was equally aggravated. And our club president, and and this, this makes perfect sense, but our club president went and checked it out and decided to lock the gate so that no one can get in such that the water can drain and we can assess the damage. And we may have to roll out the mud and stuff like that. It could have been closed anyway, but because of this idiot who decided to go and tear up the field, and it's bad, like deep ruts all over the place, I can't fly at my field. I gotta go to a place called Sixty Acres Park, which is about twenty minutes south. It's a bunch of soccer fields. How big is it? Sixty acres. <laughs> 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 See what I did there? See what I did? There? I saw that. God. So here's the problem with Sixty Acres Park, as Nick experienced today, because he came and met me after work uh, to fly. Sixty Acres Park has plankers. And they're not just any plankers. They are the real stupid ignorant plankers that like don't have AMA that don't belong to the club Northwest electric flyers that actually fly at that field and have no concept of rules or safety. So it is not an odd occurrence to be sitting in your portion of the pits and see A a random aircraft fly over your head behind you, you know, in the pits across the street, like behind you, completely behind you. So this is the kind of crap that I'm dealing with. So I'm flying the speed and it's funny. So Nick calls me and he's like, dude, I'm lost. I don't know how to get to where you are. Can you give me some directions? This guy comes up to me, uh, older gentleman. I'm not even going to call him a gentleman because that's too much respect. He kind of looked like uh, Bilbo from the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> okay. Short, round, aggravating. He's a planker. <laughs> okay. And he he sees I'm on the phone. I'm having a conversation with Nick, and he just starts into the conversation. Basically, he says... He didn't feel safe with me flying my dangerous heli at breakneck speeds on the same field as him. I'm oh. flying the speed now. What does a speed heli do? It goes left to right and then it goes right mm-hmm. to left again, and it does that about a half dozen times and then it lands.
2: It's an airplane,
3: it's an with airplane, blades. okay, with blades. <laughs> he comes over and he starts complaining. He says, what is that? Does that weigh like 10 or 12 pounds and it must be going 120 miles an hour? And I, I felt like that was just too close to me when I'm observing the rule of being 40 feet or so out from the pits is where I put the heli down. I lift it off and move it out even further because, it I mean, 2200 RPM, you hear that thing. It sounds like it's going to eat your lunch. So if something lets go, you want to make sure that happens far out. And I'm, I'm running a parallel line. Back and forth across the field and being very respectful of the fact that the other people flying at the other end of the field, I let them finish and then I go and fly when no one else is in the air. So this guy just comes over and starts flapping his gums about the fact that he doesn't feel safe and there's a whole field to the right hand side of you. How come you can't do what all the other helis do and just stay in front of you so that if something goes wrong, then it just crashes at, at your feet? And it doesn't endanger the rest of us. As he's telling me this, one of his buddies flies a foamy jet over our heads by about 30 feet above our head at like 60 or 80 miles an hour. <laughs> and I point up and I say, sir, do you see that? How is that any different except for the fact that I'm actually observing the safety rules? Oh, well, that the difference is you've got a. Ten pound heli, and that'll kill you. And I said, dude, if you get hit by an airplane spinning a prop on the front of it, you're going to be in bad shape there too. And so it went back and forth like this a couple of times. Nick hung up on the. He's like, dude, just just deal with your thing. it's you know, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, be I'll there. find the field. I'll, way. Way. I'll figure it out. out. I'll figure it out. It got to the point where I basically told the guy, look, we're done. We're not going to have this conversation anymore. It's clear you don't appreciate what I'm saying. I said, you're not a member of AMA, you're not a member of the local field, you can't even tell me what the rules are here, and he's he's like flying 100 feet out into the field, that's his flight line, with all of the other people flying their aircraft over him. So, one, he's too stupid to realize he needs to sit at the flight line, and two, they're too stupid to realize that they're flying over another human being, which isn't safe, and he's trying to lecture me.
0: Nick, tell me you actually heard part of this conversation.
2: I heard Justin's side of it, and he was actually being extremely reasonable. He's like, "No, I hear you. I, I, I understand." But you know, the guy can't be standing out in the middle of the field. Like the guy was actually flying out. He was standing in the middle of the flying area, and (laughs) what what it was is the way the sun sets there. They had just taken it upon himself that they were going to kind of change the flight line because they wanted to fly with the sun at their back. So they just walked out like 60, 70, 80 feet and then turned to the right 45 degrees. Well, Justin was still following the flight line, which meant that he's slinging this thing. I mean, kind of like if he would have, should I say, it would have been right over their heads, which then they didn't feel comfortable with. But I
3: didn't fly when they were out there. No,
2: I he was like, I go, eh, dude, let's just... Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid blankers. I mean, it really is. Nothing more. Nothing I love
0: I love the fact that you were actually on the phone with Justin when that was going on. Yeah. Justin-
2: I heard it all, and finally I was sitting there on the side of the road, and I'm like, Well, I'm just gonna go find him because either I, I might need to stop this or pick someone up off the ground.
1: Yeah, it, it got
2: less civil when when I hung up.
1: Yeah. Justin might yeah. need some
4: back. Justin, Dude, I'm I'll throw down Hang some
2: dirty uh, style boxing with some plankers. Yes, that'd be good. Yeah, so uh, I, you know, you I mean, me.
4: It just
3: frustrates me. Come on, <laughs> RC
0: Hell Nation Smackdown.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: In Sunday. the
2: blue corner, carrying a forty-two inch Sunday, carrying a Sunday. forty-two <laughs> inch EDF, still living at his mom's basement, the Planker. Yes, weigh weighing in, in. Weigh, yeah, yeah. weighing weigh in, in at two hundred fifty pounds,
3: pounds at a height of four foot ten. send the hate mail my way. He just returned from his
0: dermatologist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, sir you're gonna have to put that radio antenna all the way retracted position before you can enter all right so that's enough that, yeah that, that we, was uh, my that was uh, my fun
3: experience that is a fun one man. uh the, the well, rest got of the some week flying in oh yeah dude so. got some flying in i i can say though that after that i was so pissed at him that i didn't even want to bother with flying towards that side of the field so the one flight Nick got to see only had speed runs from right to left. Hey, shh. yes, I
0: got to ask you, man. Why did you not film this interaction? At least record
3: it. You know, that's I could have that. that I, I didn't fantastic. think of it. I honestly didn't think about it.
0: <laughs> that would have been great.
3: And and the 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 funny part is that one of my buddies from work came to watch me fly. (laughs) And he's sitting here while I'm arguing with this dude. So it was like, come on. I told Justin,
2: I said, dude, don't worry about it. Because when I get out of class, we're going to come out there and I'm going to give him something to be really be scared. (laughs) You said you
0: wanted us to fly right in front of us.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to yeah, take exactly. that MD and slap some 800s on it and spin it at about 1950 and see if we can't get a 100-mile-an-hour hurricane going on out there. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> all, of course, on the flight line, yeah. out in front of myself, flying in proper AMA regulations. Of course. Yes, thank you. Of Adher- course. Adhering to the safety Adher- regulations. The yep. Justin,
0: get out of yep. my head, man. You and I are saying the same things tonight.
3: I know. It's creepy, dude. We're, like, connected at the brainstem.
0: So that leaves, uh, I, I guess Justin, you're done, right?
4: I mean, no, I'm not done, oh, dude. Oh, I got God more. Almighty, oh God almighty. Oh, so geez, one how more much quick update. Can 17 flights bring up? <laughs> well, oh, <laughs> dude.
3: First of all, attention to detail. Ding, ding, ding. 15. It was 15 flights. Yeah, 15. I realize that. He right was
0: giving you. <laughs> <laughs> he was giving. Yeah, I know. He was giving me bit.
3: props here. So. New record. I'll keep posting these as we go. Fifteen degrees of pitch, twenty-two hundred RPM, one hundred and ninety-eight amps continuous wow.
2: at eighty-three hundred watts. So, for oh, yes, I don't know what that Again, means. What does that mean for all the castle haters? That's that's, that's that's on a castle. That's Creations. A, yes. That's a 160. castle. One sixty <laughs> boys.
3: Yeah. I also finalized the modding of my eight FG, so it now has a louder buzzer. This had been going on sort of the last couple of weeks, and I couldn't find a buzzer that I liked. So I finally found one that was sufficiently obnoxious, and I drilled a hole in the front so that it's got direct (laughs) access to my face, and it's awesome now. (laughs) And Nick, you heard it. It was louder, right? It is sufficiently annoying, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here is Justin's point of the week. Are you ready for this? Because we love cats, right? Dan, you and I are we're cat lovers. We're
0: simpatico in that in that way. We yeah. are.
3: I mean, they are the ideal pet. Absolutely. Except for when they piss on your heli stickers.
2: Oh. oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so. that's not good.
2: Awesome phone conversation, by the
3: way. Here's the deal. <laughs> I keep all of my heli stickers, you know, Scorpion and Demon and Cool Power. And just every brand that I fly or have flown at one point, I have this this little plastic box of stickers. And I was putting some stickers on the Speed and a couple of the other helis. And I had left them on the floor in my dining room because I had been doing some heli work on the dining room table. Because at the time... <laughs> Earlier in the week, the garage was so messy. I just didn't want to deal with it. Now, since then, as you guys know from a Facebook post, I have, in fact, cleaned it. And Nick can vouch for me on that. But the point True. is, the stickers were on the floor. And 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 this was like all of my good Citizen and RC Heli Nation stickers that Courtney made for me. And I come back from, I, I think I ran out to the store or something. I come back and I go to grab a sticker to put on the speed and it's wet. Like, what is this? Like, is the adhesive leaking through or something? And then I look down and the pile of stickers is soaked in cat urine. I mean, dude, you know, I, I can handle the cat peeing on my shoes or something, but you do not hose down a man's stickers. Okay. That that is that's like an act of war because I love stickers. I'm a sticker whore. I had to go through every single set of stickers and get rid of the ones that were too tainted and keep the ones that appeared to have superficial light discoloration. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so. I'll, I, you guys will probably see at a, an upcoming fun fly uh some especially my citizen stickers look like they've dude been the wized on <laughs> is there is there
0: really yeah. a sever, severity scale in cat piss i mean it either has cat piss on it or it doesn't yeah it's not well, like well like but a, you got to oh, understand like sort of i have things. a lot
3: of stickers dude so you know some the stuff on the top got completely soaked <laughs> <laughs> and then as it sat there and it just kind of like, uh, you know, soaked in further, it got some of the stuff underneath, but it's not, it's not as bad underneath. Hmm. So All right. yeah, that hmm. was my week and the you- weather looks good this weekend. So I think I'm going to get out and fly tomorrow Are and sure again anything? on Sunday.
0: Are you sure? Because I mean, we got another couple hours yet tonight.
3: What to fly?
0: No, to talk about, talk your-
3: about your week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, whatever. <laughs> Edit it out if it's too long. <laughs> it'll be,
0: it'll be. So, Justin, what's up? Nothing. You know,
3: <laughs> I can't win here. I can't win. <laughs> when I don't fly and have nothing to say, you guys give me a hard time. And when I do fly and have stuff to say, you give me a hard time. Hey, I'm completely
4: okay if you quit right now. <laughs> I'm not sure what he means by that. I don't know. I I, I didn't catch it either.
3: But go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> quit, quit, quit talking or like quit lying? No, 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 we're good. Let's
3: move on. Just in, in today's heli market, it can be a challenge to find a retailer that stocks a variety of different brands and parts, has great customer service, and boasts fast shipping. I can tell you that Rotary Wing RC has all of this and more. Finally, I feel like I found a place where I can get everything in one order, and I'm confident that I'll get the shipment quickly so that I can get back in the air next weekend. You don't believe it, huh? Trust me. Go to www.rotarywingrc.com now and check out your new go-to online heli shop. At least,
4: Jess. It does well. Like Nick mentioned, the weather actually broke after the terrible weekend that we had last week. Just like Nick said, rain the entire weekend, not a single, because we were kind of planning on like doing what Justin had mentioned. You know, we'll go out to the field Sunday, we'll camp in the car, the rain has to break eventually, but it was pretty much solid the entire day on Sunday. So Monday woke up, the weather was looking great. Um, got up, and I see a text from Nick, and he's, you know, what's your flying schedule for today? And I'm like, be out at the field at, you know, nine thirty ten o'clock. And, and then he responds, I'll see you there. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this is, this is great. So, like Nick had mentioned, he kind of was sick, so we made it out to the field on Monday, and the weather was great. Got in, you know, quite a few flights. Now, I, I have to... Okay, so Nick had mentioned he went to the V bar. Now, what the listeners don't know is this meant I got an icon. <laughs> so we kind of did, kind of did a little swap. I, you know, he took the mini V that had been on the seven HV for hundreds upon hundreds of flights. I haven't tuned the thing, and who knows how many flights? You know, it's just been flying rock solid. And I'm like, what the heck? I'll go ahead and give a uh, give an icon a try. I Tried it before on the seven HV when I was doing the review. So. You know, we'll go for it again. Get that thing tuned up, and you know, do another comparison, just a refresher to see how the icon flies in comparison to the V bar. And so, now I was very quickly reminded on Monday why I did not touch the V bar for so freaking long, <laughs> and that is because I hate barless tuning. Just a fact of it. I am. I don't know about you guys, but there's just something about. You know, you're it, you're I, trying to get that flybarless system dialed in. It's you're kind of unfamiliar. You you know the obviously we know how to tune. You know we've all been tuning flybarless system. You got your P I and D gain. Now you know now go sort of thing. But I'm not gonna lie. It was it took me a little bit to get that thing dialed into where I was actually comfortable throwing it around again, like I was on the on the V bar. So yeah, that, I feel
3: like there's like a fundamental incompatibility there. Like flying flybarless and hating tuning,
4: cause you got to do it, dude. You got to do it on a, in a new heli is so okay. There, there's a kind of a rule, and it's like don't mess with the heli that is just you know that main heli that you have that's flying great. Don't touch that one. And you know I got I got curious and pulled the flybarless unit off it and put an icon on there, and now I find myself at the field. You know, I have other helis out there, so it's not a big deal. I have stuff to fly, but that main heli that, you know, you fly day in and day out, put hundreds of flights on, it's not flying how you like. So now you got to take the time. And, you know, every flight's painful because I basically just want to get it flying so I can start progressing and getting through the flights again. Because when I'm sitting there plugging in the icon in between every single flight, I'm not progressing. You're going out there. You're going through your maneuvers that you do to tune the heli. So you're more focusing on, oh, there's a bobble, there's a wag, you know, oh, there's an overgain, instead of you know, let me focus in on some maneuvers and progress my flying. Um, and at this point, you know, we're coming up on summer. That's really what I'm interested in. Is I want my setups to be dialed, and I want to learn some new moves. So from that aspect, it kind of sucked it too. But I do agree, we all have to go through it, and it ended up not being that bad once I, you know. Went back to the basics. I know I was talking to Nick, got a little bit mixed around. Um, but yeah, I'd say after about five or six flights, it was back to the point where I could, you know, toss that thing around. So
2: And for oh. the record, I had no like this was not instigated by me. We need to make that clear.
0: Uh-huh.
4: Uh huh. The trade what the, the swap. Yeah. yeah, it was no, not I was, I was actually curious because I I really do remember it it's still stuck in my mind that how just how locked in the Icon flew right away. And I'm not sure if that was the fact that, you know, when I did the review on the Icon, I went ahead and pulled a V-bar off there. So the same sort of swap, but... So I pulled the V-bar off, put an Icon on, and used the Icon Gov all in one shot. So went straight to the Flybarless Governor and the new Flybarless system. And it's still very clear in my mind just how good the hell he flew within, you know, four or five flights of tuning. Mm-hmm. So I got extremely curious to... You know, just after, after so long, you're like, "Am I missing out? Like, I haven't touched this thing in 800 flights. Is there? It's so- almost
2: like you got bored flying the same damn helicopters and with all the same shit for like years and years. It's weird. Yeah, go
4: go figure. I mean, <laughs> well, there, okay, okay. That, <laughs> there is there is something to be said though about being able to grab the heli and every time knowing exactly how it's going to perform. And it has been performing like that for that long.
2: Dude, I agree. There's also something to be said about knowing exactly how peanut butter and jelly sandwich is going to taste every single day, too. I'm just saying. Subtle.
0: <laughs> hey, you know what I heard about guys who say just saying? Just saying? Yeah. You know what I heard about those guys? What? I heard they have small penises.
4: Oh. Oh. Oh, just saying. Just saying.
0: Just.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it. not saying it. <laughs>
0: I noticed uh so. I don't I don't think uh, Justin said it either.
4: Just
3: saying?
0: There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Little round of applause for Justin there, folks.
3: There, there you go. So Jesse, where are we at flight count
4: wise, man? what did we get this week? All right. So the, the total. So I'm okay on Monday I think I got in about 17 flights. And then Yesterday, so so Monday comes, I go out full day, great day of flying, and then it completely downpours Tuesday and Wednesday again, and so I finally made it out yesterday, Thursday, and got in. I think like another twelve flights, so that brings up my yearly total up to date up to one fifty-seven. God, so He's pulling, away. moving, man. Oh, dude. you're moving, yeah, and the and like Justin said, the weather. Is looking great here as well tomorrow, and I have you know zero plans, so I'm heading, hopefully heading out to the field right in the morning, and it's going to be one of those days. Pack lunch because we're going to be out there doing some serious flying. So nice, yeah. uh, So
0: oh oh, don't let me stop you, man. Keep 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 on going.
4: No, we we skipped over. I mean, we that was you know we just jumped from Monday to Friday or Thursday, so.
0: Oh, there's more. Also,
4: yeah, a little, a little bit. I got you know, I took some time last weekend, and like I'd mentioned last week, I finally tore my generator down. So, went through the carb was just full of dust, so it was definitely, definitely time for some generator maintenance, um, which is also a key part to keeping you know keeping the helis in the air when you're at the field. So, got that all cleaned up, and the generator is back and ready to go. So. That's good, and then today went in, and I got myself Have you guys seen those new uh the new you know those cool hats that that we're selling now with the uh, with the citizen number on the back? Have yeah. you guys seen those
0: i have yeah yeah, oh mm-hmm. my goodness, those that one sitting am- right next to me here
4: me too now i mean it, i so I saw the first one I'm like, man, this is great, so i I had to buy a whole nother hat so i got, I got the letters put on my original hat and then I just had to get another one. I couldn't I couldn't resist. So, did you get a white one, dude? All right. I did not get a white one. Reason ah. being is I actually wear my hats. He's not sophisticated enough. I don't just look at my hats. I actually wear them like to the field, get my hands dirty. Don't you got no Sunday
0: going to meet and close? <laughs>
4: That's right. Where I had to church.
2: <laughs> Some days no, I'm I, just I, feeling a little s- more Dapper than others. Here's,
0: here's the way around that, dude. You,
2: dapper. I love that word.
4: You, you do yeah.
0: what I do. You have, you have three black ones and one white one.
4: Yeah. Well, I do. I have two black ones now. One with the more flat bill fitted and then one with the curved bill. So, you know, whatever so, Whatever. So, I'm kind so, of feeling.
0: So buy a white one, you cheap bastard.
4: <laughs> That's really just, what it comes down to. I don't like the It does. I mean, I let's mean, be ultimately, honest here. ultimately, it does, but there's good reasoning behind it. I don't, you know, I I literally wear hats quite a bit. The white one would just sit there.
0: That's all right. Otherwise,
4: I would wear it and I'd go touch something with, with grease on it, and then go adjust my hat and be like, "crap, ruin the dude." But the white hat is like the it's the showtime
3: hat. It is. You know what I mean? Like I I agree with you. I will make a mess of it, but it's it's definitely sexy enough to justify having in the arsenal. At for yeah, occasion.
4: Uh, it's for me. It's all about functionality. That <laughs> one just doesn't meet the standards. Didn't make the cut. Jeez,
0: rough crowd.
4: And then the final, the final piece of my week. And I have to start off by saying, giving a huge shout out to Matt Botos over at Synergy. I I know we've been talking about it a little bit, but I think um, I think there's an N7 on the way that we're going to be uh, taking a look at and doing a thorough review on. Oh, it's true. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. So nice. I am. I can't wait to hear about this I one. I can't dude. either, dude. I'm stoked. Oh yeah, we are gonna beat this heli and go. You know, very all the way through it, all the way through the build and. I'm not gonna lie. I'm pumped. So, no question, the,
2: uh... the no question, the most uh, wanted to know about and sought after
4: nitro of the year. I mean, this could be. I oh, mean, hands down. Looking at the looking at the heli and seeing it fly, um, from some fun flies last year, this could be the comeback of nitro. So right That's... now, I'm rocking the uh, the 700 N nitro. So, you know that one's definitely going to be taking the back seat and. I'm excited to see what the N7's all about and see what it's got.
0: Man, I can't wait to hear about that
4: review. Yeah, same here. So it looks like that's going to be showing up next week, and I'm going to waste no time getting that thing together. So be listening in for some updates on that. Sweet, dude.
0: Is that it?
3: No. Okay. There's more. I've got to go back. <laughs> I got to go back because I was I was so rudely bullied off stage wow. okay. a few oh, minutes man. ago. I, I got the hook by the closing light. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, so well, Nick Nick hinted at it in his, and then you guys didn't even give me the opportunity to say anything. And this is this is juicy. I think this is worthwhile. So Jesse and Nick were not the only people to to do a little swaparoo this week. Nick and Justin did a swapperoo as well.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to notice there's a common denominator here in the swaparoo. <laughs> yeah. It,
3: it, it, <laughs> uh, valid point. I'm helly's not going to argue that. Helly's <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <only>. <laughs> no bodily fluid. Yeah. Uh, oh. Okay. Moving God. right along. Hey, there. Nick's the one that alluded to it. He said Helly's he, only. You're right.
3: I just clarified. You're right. He did. And I'm just going to move right past right. and tell you. That the swap that has occurred is between two helis, and I may now Just be the Christmas. owner of the DFC.
1: Oh, for like oh, in your possession,
4: yeah. owner,
3: as in, like, yes, it's in my garage right now, four. in its well, so almost is Nick. completely so it fixed in his possession. version. And Nick is going to get in exchange my goblin 700
0: dude
4: i don't know what you're trying to prove with this justin but it's not <laughs> yeah, gonna work it's
0: not working man It this little this little i'm not buying it are you gonna give him your vinyl of
3: bert as well oh dude that they're came, not buying yeah, it that, i'm not why it. i i yeah i'm not sure he i understand he sells what he's one
4: little helicopter does he does do they think i'm lying I guess we believe that, you know, trading the goblin, but this is not going to change the fact that you're like the goblin man on the show.
1: Yeah. Okay.
4: That's fair. I will still be Mr. Garbin. I'm good with that.
3: But, you know, I think it made a lot of sense. We've been talking about this for a while now. And ever since I got the 770, I love that heli. It's big. It's got presence. It's just unique. The speed. That's another one, right? It's got its own unique features. It's there for a reason. It can still be 3D'd, but the 700 to me is now a little bit redundant. I've got a Compass 7 HV. I love that heli. Got to do some work on it to get it back up in the air, but I I just didn't feel like I needed to hold on to the Goblin 700 because what SAB is offering me right now And in no official terms, I mean, what what I see it as offering me is the opportunity to have two unique helis, those being the seven seventy and the speed. The seven hundred flies amazing, but I think I can get my compass to fly amazing, too. And a line, dude, they've got their stuff together nowadays. And I mean, Nick has had nothing but good stuff to say about that DFC. And I think it would be kind of cool and, and a little nostalgic to kind of go back to my aligned roots. Chris, I, I I got no shame about it. Chris
0: Treby mm-hmm. is so pissed off at you right
3: now. for
1: Well, you
2: know, the funny thing is dude, Justin <laughs> was like, dude, I got to get rid of one of these goblins. This is ridiculous because I'm so tired of getting crap for having all these. Goblins. <laughs> good <laughs> that
3: was that was a consideration indeed but no i i seriously i'm excited about
2: it it was one of those situations where we said this this dfc can't leave like it's i had no intention of i'm and still won't like sell it it's not going out of our possession yeah. it will always stay there because we've got to have one the podcast has to have one it's uh you know the the hype's gone the woo's gone but both of us have owned um, Align seven hundreds in the past. There is a lot of nostalgic there, and, and you know you have to keep uh, that baseline around. And um, but,
3: but Nick, you've also honestly been thinking about going back to the garden.
2: Yeah, because I, I again, it's all about for me this year, just letting my Nick hang out and being rounded and trying them all and flying them all and being able to. To, you know, give my opinion on what's
4: what's working and what's not, so. Well, so, well, since Justin added one more thing.
0: Oh, Jesus.
4: I mean, I was skimming over my notes. I, I forgot something as well. Now, you don't want to hear it?
0: No, go, no, no. Oh, go
4: for it. That was a, that was a go ahead. That was yeah, a yeah. weird way of saying go yeah, ahead, yeah, but yeah, okay. You, you do your that was a hurry up. Yeah. That was hurry. No, so this last week, and I know we'd mentioned this before as well, but it's official. Justin and I are going to be doing an OptiGuard backup review, and those are now in hand, and I actually had a chance to install it on my heli and get some flights on it this last week. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to be taking a look at the OptiGuard as a backup solution, so no more, you know, completely losing power on my heli, which I'm pumped about. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try
3: to do it a couple of different ways with a BEC with a receiver pack. Yep, it's compatible both ways. So yeah, we're you know we're going to play around with it and OptiPower Andrew Hinton Lever. Thank you for the for the uh, giving us the opportunity to do the review. They also threw in the LED warning module. Which mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to play with yet, but I understand
4: it. I'd well, here's it a, here's actually a blinks to tell you. Put that. some sunglasses on when you go to fire that thing up the first time.
3: Is it that bright? <laughs> yeah.
4: <Nice>. Just, saying. <laughs> Just Sweet. saying. Just say yep. <laughs> Just, saying. It was. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Have those Just sunglasses saying. ready. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited about this one. It, it'll be it'll be cool. Yeah. It's it's gonna be good. So yeah, look forward to that in the future as well. Hopefully. Put some more flights on it soon.
0: So Nick, now it's your turn to add one more thing.
4: Um, I got a goblin.
0: <laughs>
2: hey, I got some. I got <laughs> something
0: for you, dude. While you're there at Justin or at the, yeah Justin's house, can you pick out a prime location for the scrotum trophy for me?
2: I will, yeah. dude. Don't count me out. I'm
0: counting you out, bitch.
2: <laughs> I think you have been. You have been counted. Nah. And you have You're been out. found wanting. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: not going to happen. All right. Maybe we should go into some news before we just... I think we should. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever wanted to upgrade your heli with something that's functional and makes it stand out from the crowd? Well, KDE Direct.com can help. With a full line of carefully engineered and optimized upgrades for multiple brands like Align... SAB, and Synergy, as well as some of the most precise and powerful electric heli and multi-rotor motors in the industry. They've got everything you need to turn that boring stock machine into a beautiful powerhouse that'll be sure to turn heads in the pits and in the air. www.kdedirect.com. Make it yours.
0: All guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got for uh, news this week,
1: Nick?
2: All right, iCharger. Coming out with a brand-new charger. Um, This one is the 406 Duo. So kind of along the same lines as the 4010, um, but this one is actually only good up to charging 6-cell batteries. And, man, it looks like a Halloween special. It's black and orange. It's I will give them credit. It's a lot better looking than the forty ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But uh, no, I I think it's cool. You know, um, thousand watts a channel up to fourteen hundred in synchronous mode seems to kind of be the the tweener that iCharger's always had. You know, the like the the three hundred six three ten sort of a deal three hundred eight and. So this one kind of fit the in between gap. Uh, so for those of you who have, are you know, no need to go above 6s, uh, this will get you into a high power charger cheaper than the 4010 would.
0: Does it have kind of the same form as the 306, or is it kind of a
2: no? It, no, this, it's this a, is a 308. Yeah, 308. 308. It's the looks... size of a 308,
3: which is a lot smaller than a 4010.
2: Yes, it is.
4: Yeah, the I have a question, which I'm not sure if you know this or not. So it says here 40 amps because it's a 406. So 40 amps, six cell. Um, is that 40 amps per channel at the same time though? So I, I was, think I w- so. I'm trying to look here at the wattage and it says maximum charge power 1400 watts. Yeah, but I saw 1000 watts a channel. So I, you know, just just throwing it out there. I'm I'm trying to figure out here because this this really could be you know that perfect solution for someone that all Oh that was regenerative
2: discharge my fault read the wrong one. one thousand yeah. watts max
4: per per channel, channel. it says that under yeah. charge as well so you know i'd i'd be curious if it if cuz i mean if it can do 40 amps at 6s per channel this this really could be a solution cuz you're getting it in such a small form factor cuz it's so much oh, smaller yeah. than the 4010 so it really could be a great solution well i
2: I think this is it. I mean, maximum charge power 1400 watts at
4: 23.5 volts. So, from that, it sounds like they might cut you a little bit short. Yep. When you're,
2: you're from the, cranking on both of from them from both channels
4: yeah. at the same exact time. Yep. So,
2: which, which that you know what, would kind Actually, of make
4: sense because otherwise it would be with a f- the 60
2: amp current limit. Well, it's got a 60 amp input current limit. And it's only uh, 10 to 30 volt DC input. So, yeah, yeah I don't think you're going gonna...
4: to. I mean, kind of. it does kind of make sense because otherwise, realistically, this would be a 40. Well, have the same power capabilities as like a 4010 besides the, having yes. the 10s capability. So, yeah, it does make sense yeah. that it's scaled down a little bit, but still a great solution because it's so small.
2: Yes the 308 man after building Larry's charging case that is a teeny teeny tiny charger yeah for sure uh links Helly hey, hey Nick before what?
0: you go on I, I have yeah. to, I want to interrupt because I, um, I it's not really news but it's just a quick mention and I think I happen to be kind of looking at Facebook and our our friend Larry you just mentioned him Larry Kagan mm-hmm. you guys might not have seen this yet because we're busy recording the show but I just was flipping through and um, it 's kind of a tip, and it 's actually a tip that you brought to my attention when trying to push connectors into e c5s I saw this <laughs> larry i'm <laughs> i'm sorry to hear, and actually i 'm sitting here holding my thumb, and i kind of I kind of feel your pain right uh, when you're when you 're pushing the connector into the e c five secure the bottom of the connector with either a plier or maybe some kind of a Something. Do
2: not hold the blue EC5 not in your fingers. Do not hold with your
0: fingers. You will do what Larry Unless did. Unless you're living on the edge. He pierced th- completely through his thumbnail.
4: True. Oh, no. Dude,
2: <laughs> I did it.
4: That's <laughs> bad, it.
2: dude. Hurt.
4: Bad. I just re- <laughs> I remember, so I'm, I'm at your house soldering up some connectors. And I go, I mean, just like I always do, I go to hold the connector. And Nick's like, stop. Please.
0: He did the same thing to me. He did the same thing. To do not do
4: that for me. Like I do not want to see you put the screwdriver through your thumb. <laughs> it really is that painful. So and I uh, couldn't fly.
2: Yeah. I mean it was bad.
0: Yeah. So Larry, we do apologize. I I feel for you, buddy. I uh, you know it's a lesson hard learned. But on with the news, Nick.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So Links, Ellie, they got a couple new things out here. One of which really, really caught my attention. Um. Well, actually, no, I take that back. They have a they have a five fifty stretch kit now for the goblin five hundred. How about that? So does that make the 7, the five seventy not needed? Nah, I stretch, don't know, stretch man. kits are, are never the same, dude. All these garbins are just absolutely crazy. But the one that really caught my attention was they've got a portable soldering iron, which is pretty dude, cool. That thing looks sweet. It runs off of two S or a three S. Lipo, and on if you if you run it on an input mm-hmm. voltage of two s, you'll get sixty watts out of it. On three s, ninety watts. And I mean, really, if you think about it, everyone's got a lipo out of the field.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. This this is awesome. I mean, ninety watts with a tip size—that's size, a pretty beefy. It's a beefy iron, dude. You're. I see no reason why you're not soldering. You know, ten gauge, and bullets with this. I still like I
0: still like Justin's better.
2: Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Mine is awesome.
0: It does work really well.
2: Uh, Sab's got a new line of blades coming out. These are called the Black Line Edition blades. A little bit of a different deal. They have there's actually three variants of these blades. Um, The one D. And these are for speed flight. Uh, they're completely designed around maximum stability in fast forward flight. We've got the 2D, which are like they're kind of middle of the road, to compromise, um, designed for very precise uh, aerobatic flying. You know, still 3D, um, decent sever- center of gravity, overall weights kind of optimized to just to be a, a good compromise in between stability and performance. And then they also probably like have,
3: a technical flying blade.
2: Yes, and then they've also got the 3D, which would be you know all out smack, based all around agility and smackaliciousness.
4: <laughs>
2: you like
3: that? Ooh. I do like
4: that. Add uh, that yeah. dictionary. You
2: yeah. know,
3: I'm kind of excited to see how this turns out because, as we all know, previous incarnations of SAB blades, depending on the size range, have been less than stellar
2: yeah if they were measured in millimeters they sucked right so
3: (laughs) 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 those sizes were not good so uh, yeah i mean i i think this could be really nice if if it offers us another option i also like that you can choose your color between silver white red green yellow
2: and orange for the just specify the color code for the vain color coded people amongst us. <clears throat> Mr. Pucci. Of which I am one. Yes. <laughs> and I'm perfectly comfortable admitting it. <laughs> uh Synergy. Uh, you know, we had talked about they had announced that they were going to do a speed canopy a while back. Well, uh Matt was able to debut that canopy at Birmingham. I I you know, I think I don't particularly care for it, but here's the kicker. I think that the task of taking an already existing heli and making a speed canopy for it is very difficult. Yeah,
3: uh, you know, aesthetically, I think people are going to love it or hate it. From a functionality standpoint, it makes a lot of sense.
2: I completely, agree.
3: you know, the yeah. the first thing you look at, you look at it and you say, wow, it, it looks it makes it look sort of short and squatty, because if you haven't seen it, the the back end of the canopy runs a good portion of the length of the boom. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to say yeah. easily six or eight inches behind yeah, like a the, the back most portion of the of the airframe. But when you think about it from an aerodynamic standpoint, you really do need that gradual tail off in the canopy, especially when you're trying to wrap a speed canopy around a single
2: stage transmission. Yeah, that's the kicker there. So, yeah, not not my favorite on favorite on looks, but I think functionality, it looks great. And I think it is realistically probably as as good looking as it could be.
3: It, it has, a the first thing I thought when I saw it was it has a Gowie X7 formula-ish look to it. Yes, yes I agree. I mean, it, it has that same shape. You You know it's a synergy by the little painted windscreen and the nose shape, but from what I've heard, you know, just in the forums and Facebook, it actually does speed it up quite a bit. You know, know, is it going to be competitive with a a full fuselage even in stock form? No, probably not. But again, just like the SAB Goblin Speed,
2: I'm not sure that's what Matt is going for. I know something funny? Hmm. Yep. I've kind of been wanting an E7 SE. The thought has crossed my mind as well.
3: However, the N7, if I'm going to get a Synergy... Would be
2: the first synergy I get. That is fair. Okay. Before, So, because uh, I got to get to this. We got to get going. Speaking <laughs> of unique-ish <laughs> canopies. News of the week. So we had joked about some pictures that we saw on the internet of uh, this T-Rex... Posted up with this very uh, goblin-esque, but damn near identical canopy to the Forza. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, aha, good joke, <laughs> how funny it's photoshopped. <laughs> Even a line's not that blatant. Oh, nay, nay. They are. This is a... Uh, I mean... I am, I am completely speechless. Scanner, I'm not. This looks exactly like a JR Forza. I mean, it does. Is there anyone, and I mean, anyone working at the Align main headquarters that has an own thought that they came up with themselves anymore? Apparently well, not. Cricket. business
3: is business, but I will say that this is the reason why I took Nick's DFC because I didn't want to go that far away from the garbage goodness. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I don't know. What I think, will. Looks, uh, I think, what, what I think is interesting, in fact, is not the fuselage, which, you know, taking a step back, yeah, okay, they copied, blah, blah, blah. That's a line. It's not new. It's it's pretty nice looking. It is. Now, I don't have any details on it. I want to know whether that's a solid boom like the Goblin or is it a hollow like shell with the boom that goes through it like the Forza. But the best part of all of this is, and, you know, we know a line is a trendsetter. They like to do stuff before anyone else. <laughs> and in this particular instance, they have chosen to push the fad of flying. With one tail blade
2: backwards. (laughs) I noticed that. Yeah. If you're going to do a photo shoot, Uh, turn the blades the right way. Idiot. (laughs) Do we know anything about the boom, though? We don't. And you know what? I'm going to make a prediction. This is a prediction of the year right here. So this, I mean, this is announced right here that this is for the the T-Rex family. 450 to 700 E. So they're going to do this all the way up through. It is my prediction. I think this is going to be the nail in their coffin that will officially divert them from being on the top. Why do you say that? I think it's actually too far. I mean, we've been making jokes about them copying and being blatant, but it was like, okay, yeah, well, they copied it, but we all know a lot of people are going to buy it anyway. I think this is just too far. I think they took it too far this time. I think it's so, so blatant and so not unique enough and so shameless that that people would be, like, actually mocked. Like, before we go think to it's the brilliant field, Uh, what What? because they're capitalizing
3: on a trend and that's business and you know what a line does okay a line's not original they steal people's crap all the time i get that i don't like that as an engineer but what they do very well is perfect other people's designs because they have the means to do it yeah and so You know, Goblin nailed it, right? They know their stuff. They've got all the composites down to an art, especially now in the competition series. But most of the other manufacturers, as much as they may want to do their own variation on the Goblin theme, maybe they don't have the means to do it because of the composite layup costs and the R&D and the development work. Align is a huge, big factory company. They can turn this stuff around and make it so cheap and accessible to the market. Sure, it's going to be like multi-rotors. In a year's time, everyone's going to be flying fuselaged helis. (laughs) They're all going to be a variation on the Goblin theme. And you're going to have your fuselage heli and your multi-rotor, and you'll be ready to go.
0: And my take on it is, even if you're right, Nick, even if you're right, and this pisses a lot of people off, Give it three or four weeks. It'll all be old news.
2: Yeah, but I just, I don't think that, it, it will be old news fast, but I don't think that there will be the, the sales the that they've is, seen is the in the price, past. The problem
0: is the price will be too right for there to not be sales.
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. Would you get one, Dan?
0: I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. I think it looks kind of nice.
2: I actually think that it looks cool, for the record. I do. But I I would never. I mean, n- no.
0: I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't think I'll ever buy another line helicopter. Yeah.
2: Ooh. Ever? That's like, that's like saying <laughs> I won't trade one. <laughs> Can you guys
0: believe I said that without busting out in laughter? Any other news? That's it. This week's news is brought to you by Helly daily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine.
2: So, Dan, how are you liking that electric power?
0: You know, Nick, I am enjoying the electric power. And i got to tell you, even a guy that's an advanced sport flyer like myself, I can tell you that the difference is very noticeable. And the only thing I can say is Gen Z's batteries, they are leaving the other guys green with envy. So we mentioned last week that Nick had an opportunity to do a review on a rev Electrics dual power lab charger so nick uh are you you ready to talk about that uh charge you know
4: no i don't think you liked it didn't you sent that back right yeah yep. Yeah, I, I just put it back, <laughs> put know, back, it the back. Box. <laughs> told him to start he over He gave it to me <laughs> yeah
3: he said yeah, it to yeah me. i gave it to justin <laughs> that was
2: another trade <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> what did i get though oh you'll find out grief you will find out yeah oh oh no no, uh, no okay okay no uh <laughs> i did so First off, huge thanks to Jamie over at FMA and uh, the guys at Rev Electrics. Um, also, you know, again, uh, Dave from Progressive RC and Kyle from Rotary Wing RC for uh, supply, you know, carrying all of these awesome products in stock. Um, straight, so what this is this is the Rev Electrics Dual Power Lab. This is their big bad boy charger. So, Dual channel, what they kind of did is they basically took like the concept of the older PL8, they combined it into one container, but then shrunk that size down. So size-wise, for those of you who have had the the older CellPro chargers, this is basically like two PL6s put together um, in size. As far as specs go, um, this is up to 8S LiPo, uh, which... For all we and it does all the rest like every other charger does. Um, input voltage: this is a ten to forty-eight volt DC uh, with reverse polarity protection, which is pretty sweet. And I'm going to get into mm-hmm. that input voltage in a minute because there's some there's some real keys there. Um, input current is one to forty amps, uh, limited by the software. It does have uh, synchronous mode. Um, although i i'll be honest i just never really felt you know never really felt the need to uh the need to use it uh output charge current uh, 40 amps a channel output discharge um, let's see internal discharge 10 milliamps to 10 amps so for those of you who are into like i am now really doing storage stuff that's a good thing i'm being good to my packs now we're going good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I wanted to mention right off the bat is the output power on this. This charger is really, really designed to be run at a higher input voltage. For some, that might be a negative, but I'll explain on... This is kind of like the, in my opinion, the wave of the future and what everyone is going to want to head anyway. Um, so at 12 volts input, we're only talking 408 watts. 1,344, to get that out of it, um, at, at 6S, uh, we need to get 39.53, or to get, excuse me, to get the full 1,344 watts, we need to get 39.53 volts on the input side to get the full 1,344. Um, and you're right at about, you need about 26 volts to max out the charger if you're charging 6S packs. So, you know, why did they do it that way? Well, there is this nasty little phenomenon, and I'm not going to get into the full thing of it, um, called that is generator buck boosting. This is that if you're ever out at the field and you hear someone charging and their generator sounds like it's about ready to implode, like it's confused, It doesn't know what it's doing. It's ramping up, and then it's dropping down. And then it's up, and then it's down. And what happens is it ends up, the charger ends up kicking off. That happens when you have your input voltage get very close to your output voltage. So that's why they really, I mean, ideally, you want to run this charger off of, you know, 36. Or for those of us who are, I know, like we talked, we're not supposed to, but the server power supplies, right? get three of them in line to this bad boy. That's that's a perfect world. Um and this will that'll prevent that. That gets that voltage variance far enough apart where that isn't an issue. Another thing, you know, when we had uh Dave from Progressive on the show, he had talked about uh the the charger safety and how smart the charger is itself to protect itself. The safety that's built into this charger is second to none it simply is not going to let itself get into those. It's going to stop your charge before you ever get into those situation where the current starts going absolutely crazy because the input voltage drops down and then it gets into this nasty, bad cycle and can damage your charger like other unnamed brands have had problems with. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're just not going to have that issue with this. And, um, because I have experienced some other stuff. And, you know, hey, let's be honest. Most of us are running server power supplies. You are going to have one fail. I do not particularly want a $25 server power supply to wipe out, you know, mm-hmm. my $350, 400 charger. That's not cool. So I think that that extra safety built into the charger is a huge added bonus and if it interrupts my charge because my generator starts acting up and cycling up and down, like Jesse, you know, you were having problems with yours, I'm okay with that because nothing lit on fire and nothing fried. So that, that that's a good thing for me. Um, right out of the box, uh, right out of the box, it's actually pretty blah, I'll be honest. Um, you need to be aware that when you buy this charger, the only thing that you get is the charger. And when I mean you get the charger, that that that's all you get, the, the, the charger. charger. The charger. Um, to the best I've talked with everyone that I've talked about, it, you know, this and that. Nope, it is confirmed. It just comes with the charger itself. No output leads, no balance boards. Um, it does have, this charger has two completely separate input leads. Mo, you know, a lot of people might put them together. Some people won't. And that's okay, which is, I mean, that's ideal. Um, But in order to be able to, you know, really connect this up, you are going to need the other side of those EC5s. Um, You will also need, if you want to plug this into the computer, um, to run the computer software, which we'll definitely get to, um, you are going to need the USB adapter. And then whatever sort of, you know, charge leads, A lot of people might have them already, but if you don't, you do need to be aware of that. And that is kind of something to consider, Um, you know, dollars for dollars when you're out there shopping and you're saying, yeah, well, you know, Charger Brand X over here is this much and the, you know, the dual power lab is this much. If you don't already have a full setup, uh, you know, of charge leads and balance boards and everything that you need. You are going to be buying that to get up and charging, so just be aware. Uh, that one, I'm. I feel like they could have put, you know, it's the quality of the charger is fantastic. I feel like they they could have included enough to at least just kind of get you going. I don't. I don't feel that that would be be too much. Mm-hmm. Um, what they also sent us for review on, which which again does not come with the charger is uh, these are called the MPA Multi-Port Safe Parallel Module. Basically, uh, these are the MPA boards, uh, like their uh, FMA's parallel boards. These things are sick. They are awesome. Uh, why are they so cool? And what makes them different than all the rest of them? Well, every lead on this board, every socket, every every you know main pack output, and every balance lead is fused whether it be with you know permanent blade style 40 amp fuses on the larger terminals down to uh Justin what's the name of those I can't think of the the science nerd name for what? the the little fuses that like liquefy or whatever when they get hot and then they reset
3: oh the it's like a it's a memory metal fuse or something like that yeah. I don't remember exactly what it is but yeah that's basically what it does.
2: Yep, yeah, so if you if you plug stuff in wrong, rather than blow up your balance leads, which, dude, is like the worst thing that you can do. Trust me, that sucks bad. Um, these are all fused, which is really cool. It does add a little bit of size to it, the overall size. It's a little bit bigger. Um, it does have six terminals on it. But I feel, again, this goes back to the whole Rev Electric's attitude of safety, keep the charger alive, keep your packs alive, keep your terminals alive, keep everything alive. And uh, I really dig that. I would say the only real doubt, they are, I mean, they're good size. So if you're considering a charging case, this thing's going to take up some real estate inside your charging case. Or if you want to make like a compartment for it, take it out, put it on the table, that would be completely fine. Um, I did struggle a little bit with uh charging stick packs uh, just because of the distance between the battery leads um you're you're not it's going to be very difficult if at all possible to plug in both packs the balance leads without adding some sort of an extension um plugged into plugged into the parallel board now having said that the boards that I got were the ones that had the Dean connectors down the middle and at first I was like yeah well i don't run Deans, you know, but what I did was I actually used those as more of just a connection point rather than, you know, an actual Deans connector. So I created uh, a whole bunch of little three inch, um, like three or four inch long uh, Deans to EC3, Deans to EC5, Deans to Servo, uh, Deans to the, the little red micro Deans or whatever, I created a whole bunch of these little connectors um, that now I don't have to have these extensively long charge leads of all the different types. They're just nice, short, little stubby ones. And it is awesome to be able to throw on like six receiver packs all on, all on one of these boards and hammer down and then quickly be able to switch over to a different type of battery with a different connector and, and not just feel like I'm carrying around this whole mirage of charge leads. So, you know, will those boards work in every situation? No, I find myself really enjoying having one. Uh, I think that one is perfect. So like for me in my perfect world, I'm charging with my EC5, just a regular parallel cable on a stick pack off of one channel. And I have the other one reserved for like my helis that are flying saddle packs side by side and or my receiver packs, I feel that that is the least amount of hassle for me plugging and unplugging while still getting the most accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get this thing turned on, it, it, this charger is very unique in its, um, you know, in the layout on it. Display wise, it does feel a little bit. You know, a little bit older. It it has the traditional looking display of that most of the chargers have had for the last couple years, but it's different. The menu layout is very different. You know, back with these old, with the older chargers, like even the you know the iCharger three hundred six and all all of them really kind of had the same menu layout. It was lipo. Uh, Lilo, then you had your Nickel Metal hydride. and you had this, and you went down the list, and when you found the battery type you want, you hit enter, and then you put in your charge current, and blah, 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 right? These are different because uh, this whole charger is based and set around presets. Presets are the magic for this charger. So, rather than have a main menu, and then sub menus underneath it, this the the layout of this charger is presets i mean that's what it is you are flipping through presets when you are when you are scrolling through so the presets aren't difficult to get to like in some of the older chargers you had to go into a special preset menu and then just remember the number well i don't i can't remember you know 10 or 11 different was it number 8 that was this or was it number 7 this one's got it all right on the screen and and there's actually a library of presets built into the charger so they they start a whole bunch of these for you and what that's cool is that it makes it very 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 easy for people who are like minimalist they just want to take a charger out of the box charge and go and know and know that they're getting the best charge you know possible for that for like for what they want um I mean, you can be pull it out of the box and pick, I mean, okay, so like one, for example, would be high power fast. So when you pick uh, the preset of high power fast, that gives you the ability to go all the way up to 40 amps. Um, So you hit enter and it's going to, you know, you're going to set your charge rate. Uh, Then it's going to ask you if you're charging packs in parallel, which is pretty cool. And you can say one, two, so you don't have to do all the math. Uh, sure, I've got two packs in parallel. Okay, great. So you're kind of setting your charge rate per pack, not really per total. Um, and then you're often charging. And when you're in that high power preset, it really completely changes the way that the charger works. And that's what's kind of different about these is that, you know, older chargers have, they have their algorithms that are just kind of how the charger works in general. But from what the guys explained to me at Rev Electrics, that every one of these presets just totally changes the way that, that the charger uses its actual hardware. And it's all designed around being the best and the most efficient, the most accurate, you know, and the quickest charge, if that's what you're going for, for that preset. So it's kind of weird because each preset almost like completely changes the charger all the way through on the inside, uh, which I thought was really neat. So from a basic standpoint, um, that portion of it's pretty simple. If you want to get in and change, you know, like the input stuff and and the alarms, it gets a little bit trickier. If you're the kind of person where it's like, I just want to pull it out of the box and charge. I mean, there's, there's, Normal charge accurate, which is, and that is going to give you the most accurate style of balance charge. That's going to get your packs absolutely dead on. It will put you within a a current range, charge rate range, um, which it can can still give you that accuracy in. It'll let you choose within that range how fast you want to charge or what charge current you want to pick. And then, you know, the end is that, okay, no matter what you put in there, these things are going to be dead on whereas like the high power fast that is going to be more for I'm out at the field I'm banging out flights and I just want to charge as fast as possible so it's really kind of cool because if you don't know the if you don't know the science behind all of those little settings um these presets make it, it all, all that legwork is pretty much done for you right there so at this point I'm sure you guys are probably like, eh, okay, wow. I was expecting a little bit, you know, more ooh ah because it's the dual power lab. Well, then we plug in the PC. I can't even put it into words how much this changes everything. It is like the light at the end of the tunnel. The unicorn and the fairies and the doves start flying and, and the music and the harps and, you know, Dan's prancing around the field in a toga. Um, it, it's Carrying
0: a gallon of nitro.
2: Carrying a, a gallon of nitro. A goblet. A goblet of nitro a goblet and a gallon. A goblet of nitro. And Jesse's flying something other than compass. And No, 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 I'm just kidding. But, hey, hey,
3: hey, do me, do me.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. No, we're not done recording yet.
3: Yeah, that's later. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm starting to get uncomfortable. I'm going to stay in this, uh, in this recording room for the rest of the night. Yeah, (laughs) Nick. What?
0: Justin just wants to stay in the friend zone.
2: In the friend zone. Yeah. Well. Is
0: that disappointing to you?
2: Very. Once again, you disappoint me. Uh, The software. This is phenomenal. This is so cool, it's, it's hard to even put into words. I have never, ever, ever picked up a charger. And, and I mean, I, you know, I have a 4010. So I've been through a little menus in the 4010. And okay, you can change this and you can change that. The difference is, this software and this charger taught me about charging. And that's a big statement. I never took my charging seriously. I never took like really what was doing. I just set my charge rate and okay, go. And then everything's going to be okay. Right? There's so much more to it. And the little pop-up menus in this, every one of the tabs up at the top, they have values and stuff that you can change in here, but there's a little question mark next to them. And it's like, okay, I don't even know what this setting is. And in other chargers, You would have to dig out the instructions, go through the whole deal, and try and make sense out of it. This has a little pop-up thing right there that very clearly explains it. If you want faster charge rates, go for this setting. Or if you would rather get this, go for this setting. I'm like, oh, awesome. So then what you can do is you can take these library presets that are in the charger... And then you start copying and you start moving them into your own presets. So now I've got like, right, number one in my in my charger is, um, I call this one, I can't remember what I changed the name to, but I picked my pack uh, capacity. So 6S5000, 5C. So this is my, I want to crank this stuff out. I want as fast as possible. Now I program in, the charge rate for the pack for like an individual pack. So I'll put in 25 amps is my charge rate. I'll put that in there. Then I'll go into, so within the presets, I'm going to go into the, the balance. How do I want it to balance these packs? How, what voltage do I want it to start balancing at? I mean, the, the options are just unlimited, but the cool part is there's, explanations for all of it. You're not just staring at all this stuff like, I don't know, yeah, whatever, um, okay, sure. Uh, To the point, even to the extent where when I put in the pack capacity in there, I can have it set off an alarm when I'm charging when it reaches a certain percentage of charge. So, and if you've ever graphed uh, a charge curve, like watching the current, It's a lot different than we thought it was. And that's another thing that is awesome about this. Live graphing while you're charging. That's sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool to be. I had no idea. I thought, well, who cares? It's charging a pack. Well, when I can sit there and watch it ramp up to 40 amps and then look at the time base. At this time, it starts tapering down. And wow, you know what? At, at this time, it's hardly putting anything back. And wait a minute. Now now it's balancing for that last little bit of the charge for another three minutes. Well, why don't I set an alarm to go off at 99% capacity? And it's just a little beep beep. It doesn't stop the charge. But on those days when you're out at the field and you're like, dude, I am just trying to fly as fast as possible. If you can get this pack back to 98% in three minutes shorter charge time and get back to flying, you're not going to see a reduction in your flight time, but you are going to see a huge reduction in your charge time. I mean, I'm putting two 5,000 milliamp packs on one port of this charger, maxing it out. And I have this high power preset down to the point where I'm charging in a Right at about 13 minutes. One side. That's insane. And and all of it was because it taught me how to go in and change what settings were important. And, you know, with the preset, it put everything as a starting point for me. Gave me something to work with, not just okay. Create your own preset. Well, I I don't know. I just wanted to charge. You know, it put everything in there, gave me a starting point, and taught me about all of the different settings within there. So that I mean, that was a really, really big deal for me, being able to do that. And then, you know, like uh, receiver packs. Okay, here's another one. So I have these little thirteen hundred milliamp receiver packs, or we'll just we'll use two thousand for a round number. Uh, They're five C capable. Okay, so I'm going to program in, uh, I'm going to make a preset for 2S, 2000, and 5C. That's what I'm going to call it. So my charge rate is going to be 10 amps. Now, I can take this preset and I can I can make that preset set up for two packs. Okay, so I save that preset. Now, when I go to my charger and I go to charge... I can do one of two things. I can walk over to it. I can just push and hold down that start button once I've chosen that preset and it will start charging. It's going to ask me one time just to confirm the chemistry of the battery again for safety and then it'll start charging at the default two packs, you know, 10 amps per pack again because we put in the per pack charge rate that we wanted Mm -hmm. and off and away it's charging. But... What's nice is I don't always charge two. Sometimes I'm charging one, two, three, four, five, six. Who knows? It all depends on what time of the day, at the field, at home. Well, I don't want to have to sit there and go through all the math and then go in, uh, well, I've got five. Okay, well, in that case, Finn, okay, okay, this, well... Now I'll only do them at this rate. And then all of a sudden you're going in and you're modifying all this stuff. Or you're just starting to pile on more presets, more and more and more. And then pretty soon your preset list is just way too jumbled. You don't have to do that. You walk over to the charger, you pick that preset, you hit the start button one time. The first question that pops up is 2P question mark. And what that's asking is, are there two packs? And this time I say, no, actually, I've got five. So I bump that number up to five, hit enter and go. It automatically bumps the charge rate up so that I am still charging at that predetermined 10 amps per pack. So it, it takes all of these presets and combines them all down into one, which again, it, it's all about with this charger cutting down my button pushing. And cutting down my charge time. The convenience on once you get all of these presets and stuff programmed, and you get them all tailored to the way that you like them, and you get them loaded into the charger. The end is that it's it's very few buttons to push, with very powerful charging and very accurate charging. Another really cool thing that I like about the software is it is live. When you plug this in and you open up the software. You have taken control of the charger. This is not one of those, I want to graph my charge rate. I need to have it open. Okay, hit go. And then it saves it and I'm done. It's not like that at all. It completely manipulates and takes control of the charger. You can you can never touch the charger if you don't want to. Never touch any of the buttons on the screen on it at all if you don't want. If you have your can you use the buttons, Nick, while you're plugged into the computer, or does it lock that
3: out so you can nope. You just use the computer. You can use them both. Oh, see, that's nice. It is completely
2: nice. talks back and forth.
3: I mean, so you are, can sort it, of keep it hooked up with the software running for when you do want to do you know do more graphing or change some stuff around. But if you decide halfway through your day, screwed. I just want to charge.
2: Leave mm-hmm. the computer connected. Just use the buttons and do it quick. It does not matter. It, it really completely does not matter. Um, another cool thing, speaking of actually of like the graphing, it's actually starting when the charge starts, even though you don't have it picked or named or anything yet. So you can start your charge and you go, oh, God, crap. I was going to, I wanted to check my IR. Let's say, you know, because now we're talking about battery testing, all this battery testing. Yep. Well, here's an idea. How cool is it to graph live internal resistance while it's charging. You want to learn about how much temperature has to do with internal resistance? Graph it over a charge cycle. As That's that pack cool. As that pack warms up, you can see the internal resistance drop and you get a much broader picture of the condition of your packs because you're, mon- you're graphing it all live. And again, you get the charge start. You're like, oh crap, I forgot. It's not a big deal. Go over to the charger. A little screen is going to pop up that's going to say, hey, what do you want to name this this graph as? Okay, so I name it. I hit enter. You bring up the graph. It was already going in the background. Hmm. I dig that. I really dig that. You don't have to pick what you want to graph. It's all there, already doing it all the time. All you need to do is save it in the background. And I like that because it gives me... It just gives me so, guys, so many options. That's the crazy part. Um, You really can do anything and everything you want. You can monitor everything within the charger. You can start the charger, stop the charger, save your preset. So this is, now this is, okay, I'll say this is kind of one, I'll call it a downfall. When I said that these were two chargers put into one box, they really are two chargers just put into one box. So to communicate, you can only communicate um, with with one USB dongle with one charger. And when you do the presets, you're only saving the presets in one charger. So what you do is you get all your presets in there, you update them, you get them all happy the way that you like them, and then you save, you basically back up your charger uh, to a file. Then you would reach back, unplug it, unplug in the other port of the charger, or the other channel, excuse me, of the charger, And then you would reload that backup onto the other one and it's all done. Not a big deal. It would be kind of cool if you could do it all from one screen. But, you know, not the end of the world. Um, You can really get in and control the, uh, not so much just the presets, but the actual charger side of everything as far as like the power supply. It's got a screen here where you pick what kind of power you're bringing into this. Are you bringing in a battery? I mean, are you running this off of let's say a car battery? Maybe you have 2 3 deep cycle batteries, four deep cycle batteries out at your field? Again, because we're good up to that voltage, do you you can set off, you know, where do you want the charger to cut off at? How many how many amps do you want to pull out of that battery max? Which for those of you who are deep cycle charging, that's a big deal. Deep cycle batteries, you will get more out of them if you deplete them slower they do not handle high output um high amperage output very well at all and so you can modify all that into the charger where on the back end when you're playing around with your presets and you're joking with your buddies and you're just trying to crank out stuff it you have you have programmed this inside to where you can't over overdraw out of it so even though you say oh i'm I'm gonna plug in seven packs at the same time and woohoo you've covered yourself on the backside to where you're still not going to draw too much out of that battery. And same thing on the DC power supply side, you check this over here, you can set your low voltage limit and your current limit on that. And it's constantly showing you, um, you know what your power supply voltage is, uh, how many amps you're pulling out of it. Uh, all of your firmware update stuff is in the same, is in the same menu. Um, And another really cool thing when you program these presets. So let's say you load in all your presets and there are ones that you want to have. um, Like for me, here's a great example. Um, What was it the other day? Oh, it was a nickel metal hydride. I was creating a preset for uh, a nickel metal hydride pack that I have that I use for just like mock up, you know, stuff like plug it in, servo tester and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Well, I want to have a preset for that because I want to have it already set up and done. But if I'm out at the field just cranking out flights, you know, charging this battery, that battery, all different types of batteries, I don't want that on the charger. Like, I I don't want it on the charger because I don't want to scroll through it on the menu. Anytime that I'm going to be charging that pack, I'm going to be at home, everything's super casual, I'll probably have my computer out, and you know we're not going for speed there. So I actually have the option to hide or show whatever preset I want within the charger screen. So it's still in the memory, it's still in the computer software, it just doesn't show up on the screen of the charger, and you can declutter it. Also, those menus, or I shouldn't say those menus, those display options while you are charging... You know how on um, all the older chargers you could go up while it was charging and scroll through the menus and oh, okay, here's my, you know, whatever. Here's my cell voltage. Here's my IR. Here's my uh, elapsed time, that sort of a thing. You can even go in for each preset and tailor which one of those show up. (laughs) So if you have something that you just, you know, Maybe you're real weird and like to check one thing while it's charging or see how long it's charged for or or what the, again, because this has the option, has the ability to do fuel capacity. That's what they call it, like your fuel percentage. um, You can decide what menus show up and what ones don't for each individual preset. So there is... I'll be honest, guys, I had to, I mean, I made a phone call to, we talked about Greg Campbell. And again, thank you very much for answering my questions. I had no idea. And I can humbly say I had absolutely no idea how powerful this charger was. It is not, it is not the fancy on the outside charger. It does not have the color screen like other brands. It does not have the bling factor, and I'm not even going to fake it and tell you that it does, but when you plug this thing in, what is going on on the inside of the charger and the power and the capability that it has to do is just phenomenal and then on top of that, have a you know have a software set up with help tips to teach me about different ways and different charging and then on top of it be able to not only teach me but then I can graph it and show me that's the other thing I I now have the ability to go out and do a flight come back and be like you know I kind of want to see what this setting does is this setting really going to affect my charge time or not Because, I mean, there's settings. I want my charges to be as accurate as possible as long as it's not going to sacrifice time. So maybe I want to change this setting and uh, let's see if it does. So you graph it out. Watch it. See what it does. Oh, you know what? That did nothing for me. Well, then I'll put it back to the most accurate option or vice versa. There was stuff that I was doing that, I mean, I absolutely before... I had to get my packs to 4.2, and I wanted every er, I wanted every cell all the way across, 4.2. To me, that's what I wanted all the time. Well, I don't want that anymore. That's actually not what I really wanted. What I wanted was quicker charge times with no reduction in flight time when I'm out at the field. So I was able to really tailor these presets and... I mean, I've dropped my charge time significantly by this. With the same, I mean, basically, power output-wise, the same as I had before. But because I took the time, and it gave me the ability to teach and to learn how to use all of the power that it has, that's what I ended up with in the end. Then on top of it, I get to satisfy the nerd side, which is tweaking and watching and graphing and you know modifying and everything but if i don't feel like being a nerd that day and i just want to hit one button and go and charge i know that this charger is going to do it quickly easily and safely and that is a huge one we can talk about every cool feature we want but lipo batteries are crazy there's a lot of potential there. And I want to know that I have the highest quality of charger to take care of. To take care of my batteries. Batteries are a big huge I mean I mean they're an investment. And it does not make me comfortable if I can't trust my charger to stay alive while it's charging my battery. So Jesse, I think I found the one for you. The one what? The one heli that'll pull you away from flying that other brand. Oh, yeah? Seriously, man. I've got hundreds of flights on my Blade 700X, and I am blown away at how maintenance-free it is. Now, I know you're the type of pilot to put some serious flights in during the year, and I really think this will not only meet but exceed your expectations in
4: quality and performance. Well, I suppose I better head over to BladeHellies.com. And take a closer look at that 700X.
3: I'm going to jump in here because as you know, I I picked one up a week ago now. And I haven't even gotten a tenth of the way into all the stuff that you're talking about. I just got the software set up, but I haven't actually messed around with it yet. And I just did all of my charging this week with the buttons on the little LCD screens and mm-hmm. even that it's it's amazingly powerful. I'm stepping up from a Hyperion Super Duo, the 720i, and it blows that thing out of the water. Just in the information that it provides on the LCD screens in you know, the charge efficiency. I'm I'm charging at the same current and I did this because I wanted to do a test. I char- I was charging at the same current as I was on the Hyperion, 20 amps per channel one S pack per channel, because I'm charging a 12S stick pack, and I'm getting at 20 amps, I'm getting done in like 12 or 13 minutes. On the Hyperion, it could take 25 minutes because the balancing just sucked. This
2: thing <laughs> is absolutely freaking amazing. Yeah,
1: and I, I it mean, just gets
2: better. I mean, that's the cool part. And I'm not, I don't want people to think, that there are other chargers that have some of these settings. Because they do. I mean, like my 4010, now that I've had this, I can go back in and look at the 4010 and be like, oh, that's where I would have changed that at. Or, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So I probably could. But I... I mean, I know this this isn't a shootout, this isn't a comparison. I mean, I'll be honest, guys, I'm just waiting. Every time I plug that goddamn thing in, it's like, <laughs> when's, when's it gonna let go again? You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, it, it's in my trailer, and it's hooked. It, well, I'm being serious though, and I mean, you know, people are charged let's be honest, a lot of guys don't have the safest charging techniques. It's in their hobby room that's in their house and they plug some batteries yeah. in and they go throw the game on or whatever. Yeah, you start or they start it,
4: walk away, leave the start room. Start it, walk away. <laughs> forget about it.
2: If we're nervous about charging, yeah, yeah, forget about it. If we are nervous and are supposed to be careful about charging batteries, why would we not want to put the highest quality thing in front of and in control of that battery? And that's the peace of mind that I, I just, I don't, beside for all the nerd thing, you know, I, I came up with one, I kind of joked, I joked to Justin and I jo- I joked to Jesse and even Greg said if I could seriously sum this up, uh, this is like the Futaba versus Spectrum. If you yep. want fancy looks and maybe some, uh, you know, some cool features. I mean, like, hey, this doesn't have a servo test feature. It doesn't Doesn't have a color screen. It does not have a color screen. And God damn, if I don't love that color screen. I love (laughs) that. It's got everything on it that I, you know, it's cool. You can see all the stuff and, and both channels at the same time, right? I mean, that's cool. That's cool to look at. But I'm more interested now that I know better on what's going on in the back end. And uh, I mean, charge times go down, geek factor goes up and capabilities go up and, and it's a win. It's just a, it's a unanimous win in my, and reliability and safety, Pfft,
4: please. Well yeah. The, the other thing like you had mentioned is this isn't a brand new charger for them. This is something that's been proven in the past to work extremely well yeah now they just bundled it together, put it all in one convenient sized package and they're selling it as a as a dual charging setup but really this is the same charger that's been proven to work in the past for them so the technology you know they've they've got it nailed there's no yeah, a they huge did risk, I guess. They did some things different and just, you know,
2: like the, the presets and stuff, but the actual charging technology and the majority of the hardware, you know, the real yep. grunt work stuff has been tested. It's the same Rev Electric's quality exactly that, that has been there. And it's like I actually kind of feel I feel bad for them that it, it it's one of those where it's easy to walk by. I will be honest, it's easy to walk by and say, wait a minute, you want me to spend a little bit more on something that, and here's the key word, looks a little bit less. Why would I do that? But this is the, no question, the diamond in the rough. I mean, my good God, this, this is just. It has satisfied every aspect of of my charging that I could possibly want, convenience and nerd factor, and the ability to educate me. I just, I, I really couldn't ask for for anything more. so
4: yeah. Nick, I have a question, and I'm not sure. Sure. I know you haven't tested this personally, but you may know the answer through talking to other people. So, as we know, these are two independent chargers, and mm-hmm. you can only hook one of them up to the computer. Yep. Um, with one USB device. Is it possible could you, you know, purchase two of these USB devices and control both of these at the same time? Oh, if they man. were hooked up and plugged into two USB ports on your computer?
3: I don't know. Actually, you know, that that's a good question, Jesse, and like I said, I, I haven't gotten into it as deeply as Nick, but as I was setting up the software, I think it was last night. I was reading the manual and for those nerds out there that like manuals, this is the manual for you because not only is it thick, but it's got great explanations and it has graphics and highlights all the different ways that you can do it. It tells you if you want to do this with the buttons, this is what you do. And if you want to do it with the software, this is what you can do. But coming back from that tangent, what I learned is you can hook the thing up with two individual USB uh, drivers and, and connectors mm-hmm. and run two instances of the software if you want to run the chargers independently. Or you can also plug one USB connector into a, like a Y cable and then connect the other channel to it, the other charger, and have sort of like a master slave setup and you can control both of them i think from the software that way so i nice. haven't tried it yet but nice. it sounds like there are a lot of linking options out there
4: it's actually you know extremely important considering how you know nick really emphasized that the computer software was really where this charger you know excelled so being able to plug both of those in at the same time and actively controlling and monitoring both chargers um, I could see, you know, I could see that being a huge, you know, being key for some people that really want to yeah. get into that stuff. Like in,
2: in pack testing, I think would be a huge, huge bonus. I mean, mm-hmm. especially since we're hammering on all these, you know, 12S packs. I really, you know, when I'm going to test them after I get them to the temperature that I want, um, I have two ports on the charger, so it would definitely cut down my testing time. If I can be graphing and testing both of them at the same time, because generally when you're doing that, you're not charging at a crazy high rate. So, you know, you are going to be there for a little bit.
4: And not only with pack testing, but let's say you want to completely control this charging unit from your computer. You're going to need to be able to plug into both of those chargers. You know, and that dude, (laughs) that is exact. So when
3: Nick and I started talking about this and I got mine, my mind started spinning on this. And I'm seriously considering doing a charging case that literally like sinks the charger down below a deck lid with the supplies. Mm-hmm. And the deck lid is just completely blank and nondescript. <laughs> and the only thing that I've got is charge leads, balance leads, and a laptop. Because, nice. dude, I bring my laptop to the field all the yeah. time for fly tuning, for data logging. It just makes sense. Well, if you don't
4: need to see them, there's no... Yeah, just store them underneath the deck and forget about them.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you great. know, another thing, I keep flipping... God, dude. I mean, this is one of those where it's so hard to put into a review because you're going to miss stuff. I am going to miss stuff in this that, that's just cool. And every time I flip through more menus, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, It has a cold weather mode. So I saw that if it it does, it automatically goes into a certain charge mode, which again, saves your packs. It's all, it's all about helping save the packs. Uh, So it it won't allow your packs to be charged at too high of a rate or whatever, below a certain temperature. And you can set that so that if you're not paying attention and you know, you can't harm your packs. Again, safety, pack life. Safety, pack life. That's like the name of the game is keeping the pack safe. And dude, I, I love it. I I was like, I felt like I was like, man, cheating on a long lost love. when it was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to balance until this voltage. Oh, you dirty little boy, you. Okay, try it and see what it does. And then you'd graph it out and it'd be like 30 seconds shorter on my charge time. Oh, yeah, baby. I was just like playing this huge game of how to create these just awesome presets for exactly what I want. And I had a lot of fun in the computer software side. But it was, again, so nice on those days where you'd pull up to the field and you just had an hour. I only had an hour to fly. It was fire that generator up crank it wide open throttle and just push and enter go enter go enter go and just cranking on that thing knowing that it was going to just take it every single time
4: another question kind of leading into some stuff that I've recently been looking into do you know what the efficiency is on that charger you know i don't and the, I, I mean obviously that's going to that's obviously going to depend on a couple variables input voltage being one of them
2: yeah, input voltage is going to be the big one, and I, I know you know I'm afraid that that's going to be kind of a you know possible turnoff for people. Well, I already have this. I already have this set up. Mm-hmm. It anytime you can get that input voltage as high as possible, you're reducing current. You're going to save on life on the components, and everything's just going to be a lot more efficient. I I want to say. That it's right I don't know this for a fact, so don't quote me on it. But I really do believe to be fair that most of the higher end chargers are right around the ninety percentile. Okay. So you're gonna you know, looking at about a ten percent efficiency loss. And again, mm-hmm. higher you get that input voltage, the better the more efficient that it's gonna be. And the and the longer really, the the less stress you're putting on your power supplies and the longer your power supplies are gonna last too. And now that we're we're finding these power supplies that are getting smaller and lighter all the time. Seems like every every three, four months, we find another one that's just even lighter and even smaller. It's not that big of a deal. I could easily, um, I could get three of the, is it DPS or HPS? Can't remember. DPS. 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 I could get three of the DPS um, 1200s, which are 900 watts a piece, right? Yep, mm-hmm. yep, 900 watts a piece. I could get three of those in um, and this charger. It, it would be tight, but you, it could definitely be done. <laughs> Need lots all, of fans. <laughs> lots of fans, but it could be done all in that super small same charging mm-hmm. case that I've got now.
3: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: So thanks again, uh, Jamie, over there at FMA. And again, guys, there was kind of a... This was, uh, FMA's been around for a long time, and then they kind of partnered up and, and then created this, uh, this, this other company. That, so they work with FMA in the USA and Rev Electrics over there in Singapore. So just to clear all of this up, the name of this charger, this is uh, made by Rev Electrics, and it is the Dual Power Lab. So thank you to everyone that was involved helping us uh, get this. If you guys are in the market um, for a new charger or you're not sure, um, I'm not going to say that the other chargers are bad, but if you do not want problems, this is the charger to get. And if you want to be able to go simple and go nerdy, depending on the mood, this is the charger to get. I absolutely love it and could not, I just couldn't be, I could not be any happier with it. So thank you to everyone for giving us the opportunity to uh, to be upfront and honest about it, be enlightened.
0: I've been sitting here listening, and, I, and there's something that I'm getting from this, and I, I think it's, uh, there are a lot of guys out there like me, and there's a lot of guys out there like you three that are really into the nuts Numbers. and bolts. Yeah, see, and I'm not, Math. that's that's not my thing, right? But, you know, I kind of, I like the fact that this, it feels like this is... You kept saying it's a safer charger. Yep. And you can take it simple or you can go geeky with it. I'm all about the safer, man. That 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 really sounds that sounds uh, good to me. I mean, I'm still kind of working on old school. Well, I guess by this standard, the 306 is an old school charger. We can call <laughs> mm-hmm. it that now, can't we? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I never really... I, man, I never, I never really put this... Of course, I might now that I'm going to be flying a 700, but I never really put... This much thought into charging my batteries. Well,
2: you know, honestly, it kind of ties in with the 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 change that we've seen in the last, you know, six months in this, I hate to say it, and we do, we love our nitros, right? Right. We love the nitro. But this gap, you know, head speeds are coming down, um, efficiencies are going up, and charge times are going down, and it all really does kind of compiled together for a much more positive uh, electric experience. I mean, when, when you're talking, yeah. you know, you can go out there and, and these motors have so much power in the helis. I mean, just uh, for God's sakes, Nick Maxwell's still flying at 1950. You're getting, you know, five minutes there. Turn the head speed down to 1750, 1800. Now you're creeping six, seven minutes.
4: And you're charging in 13 that means yeah, I mean, really you, you can a couple flight packs and realistically there is nearly no downtime
2: yeah most yep. people can't keep up with the flying yep. pace of of two charge packs and, and a setup that can do this and i could dude.
3: i called nick and was like holy crap <laughs> this thing's so fast i can't like i have to redo the way i do business here <laughs> yeah. I, I can't fly fast enough for this
4: Precision Speed Torque And power We'd expect nothing less out of a servo put on the market by a guy that pushes his equipment to the absolute limits flight after flight. If they're good enough for Bert, then they're good enough for me. BK Servos Keeping my heli feeling connected. www.bkservo.com What Dan, here is the best
2: part, and I know this is going to be the just the sealer of the deal for you. So, if you let's say you bought one of these, I could literally email you my presets and you could load them into your charger and be done.
0: It's a one button charge from here on out.
2: From here on out, all the legwork's done by the nerds.
4: That damn, this I like (laughs) this will just give you the Dan, we know eventually you're you're not you're not there yet, but eventually you will want to geek out, and this charger will give you the opportunity to grow. I just don't
0: ever see a day when I actually hook my computer up to my charger.
4: Not now, not yet. I can't envision that.
0: Well,
2: no, but see, that that's the crazy part. So so it's like I don't have to with this one. I don't want. Well, I mean, we get all this. So Nick's over here, and Justin's over here doing all the legwork, right? And we create these awesome little presets that we just absolutely love. And it's like, oh, I found an even better one.
0: It shaves 1.3 seconds off my charging time.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I I save it. I email it to Dan. Dan plugs his charger in, hits update. You know what I mean? Hits Uh, load or or restore from presets. And then all that's done. So you can share stuff between. I do like Is it small? Is it dorky? Yeah. But... You know, it's. I'm just still really, really pumped about the the way that they do the presets on the... You're, you set the charge rate per pack, not per preset. That is nice. I dig that. I dig
0: yeah, that I, a lot, too, yeah.
2: Because a lot of guys, like, they only charge at, let's say, 3C. No matter what, they're only charging at 3C. So they're never getting the maximum out of their charger that they can. I mean, they have a lot more charge time and a lot more power that they're not using, especially if you're out there flying like 450s or 600s, you know, 500s or 600s. And, they, you know, some people are just real set in their ways. Well, I only want to charge a 4C. Okay, well, then here, create one preset for 3C of your packs and have it default to only one pack. And then every time you go into the charger, you plug in however many packs it's going to be. You hit enter once, the default is one. No, I've got three or four this time. One, two, three, four, boom, and hit go. So many people are so, yes. it's like, well, I don't even want to do the math on, on, okay, well, I could maybe bump it up five or six amps because then the next time I'm going to have to turn it right back down. I'll just hit enter and go, right? That's good. En- that's good enough. They'll get done when they get done. Well, isn't the name of the game stick time? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I got a competition to win here. So, uh, uh, uh.
0: I actually, when you're talking about that, that feature of this charger, the man, I got to tell you, Ed comes to mind. I mean, especially now that he's going to be flying, you know, he's been flying pretty much the same battery for his 500 mm-hmm. to 600 Mm-hmm. So he's kind of got those numbers down, but things are going to be changing up for Ed, and I have noticed when he's doing parallel charging, it's not that he can't do the math, but I think when he goes to plug it in, he he has to pause and he has to think about it, and I think when he's wondering at what amp should he charge based on how many packs he has hooked up to the charger, there's that there's that indecision, and, and I know for a fact that because of that indecision, he always lowballs the ambridge.
2: Yep. Which is the correct thing to do for the record. Yes. I mean, it's the safe thing to do. Right. But what it ends up is is it translates into more bullshitting time at the field, you know, right. more nose picking and less flying. Yep. Yeah. And if you know, if he had these if if you, you know, created a preset where it's like, okay, this pack we're gonna charge at this rate, that's the cool thing. He can't he, all he has to do is plug in the packs, hit enter, put in the number of how many packs he has one, two, three, four, and then hit go, and all the rest is done yeah. for him.
0: Yeah, that's nice. That's a cool feature. That is a cool feature.
2: Yeah, and and if you can get over not having the fancy display, um, I don't know which. Is- it's hard,
4: dude. Even still, Jesse though, was the one. I don't know.
3: I, it, you don't think it's a novelty that wears off?
4: No, because it still looks just cool Okay, shit, so dude. there there is something, though, here that definitely needs to be brought up. That is a major concern. So, just because this charger can, you know, we have 40 amps per channel here that we're working with. So, there's 80 amps worth of charging capabilities. Where are we going to plug this thing in, dude? Because I'm sitting here doing the math. And like we said earlier, so we got a 90% efficiency on the charger. Now, another thing to take into account is these power supplies that we're running. Um, From the research I've been doing, we got about another 90% efficiency from the power supplies. Mm -hmm. So now we're converting the AC out of the wall or the generator into DC uh, voltage and we're losing 90%. And then when we run it through the charger to the actual batteries, we're losing another 90%. So I'm sitting here
2: losing 10%.
4: Yeah. We're sorry. We're losing 10%. We're keeping 90. So I'm sitting here looking at my 2000 watt generator all of a sudden going, okay, so my 2000 watt generator gives me 1600 Watts continuous power that I can work with. Now I run those. Now I run that 1600 Watts through those two 90% efficient um, systems. And that leaves me roughly with about 1300 Watts, dude.
1: Yeah. So okay. now when
4: we're sitting here out at the field, all of a sudden, I can't just go, you know, oh, here, let me plug in two, you know, 50, 250, 300 packs on this channel and 250, 300 packs on this channel, put them at 40 amps a piece and go to town and be done in 10 minutes. No, I, dude, I completely agree. But I'll, I'll play the devil's advocate with you.
2: All of that is correct if you are Johnny on the spot on your charging. Like yeah. Like if you are, sitting there, ready, beep, go, pull the pack, plug another one in and go, Mm -hmm. right? But it's not so much that it can do 40, both channels can do 40, right? That's not the key. The key is that you can get 40 out of one channel Mm -hmm. because I actually, I switched. I used to, I, I used to do, you know, um, one pack per channel so that I could get that charge rate up, uh-huh. you know, get the most out of it. But now it bridged that gap so much. And then with being able to plug this in and tweak all of these small little settings in the presets, I'm, I'm only parallel charging now on one port, which is leaving me a whole nother port open to get those receiver packs going and to get them starting. Mm-hmm. Still get the fast charge time, and and i'm I'm not let's see generator can only put out so much right and i and I agree, completely agree with that mm-hmm. I am maximizing my charge time. there's a difference between gaining more power and maximizing your charge time. Yep. I'm unplugging and plugging less, charging more if that makes sense,
4: so does this That's, does this make you, because, you know, a, we're sitting here a year and a half, two years ago going, man, 2,000 watt generator. That thing has got me covered. I'm good for <laughs> the foreseeable. I mean, this is all I'm ever going to need. 2,000 watts of power. Are you kidding me? There's no need to ever upgrade this. Does this kind of like put that thought in the back of your mind where it's like, wow, this is, you know, these power systems are really coming along in the, you know, really quickly. Instantly. Is, is there any thoughts of like. <laughs> You know, that 4,000-watt generator isn't looking no.
3: so bad now. I, you know what? I, I'm i going to jump in here. I did this this week, Jesse, and I used – you're right. It's, it's about 1,200 watts. I've got a Honda, Honda 2000. Yep. I'm charging two uh, two channels, 25 amps a piece. That's what so I do. So we're at about 1,250 watts. Yep. And I'm getting a 12S stick pack charged in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let let's let's say we can do better than that. We can we can double that. What the hell are you gonna do with five minute charge times? Justin can't do anything in ten minutes. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, think about it. I mean, for for some people that might make sense, but I think a lot of people fly with friends, with other yeah. club members. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, even if I wanted to do a flight every five minutes, it's not possible because people want to talk and hang out and chat. And plus, you know, that would be me jeopardizing or not jeopardizing, but taking up the entire freaking field, the North field or the South field every five minutes. So So I'll,
2: I'll conject because I did find the, the one thing that would be nice. Um, when for me with my trailer, I am now power conscious when I'm out yeah. of the field because I mean, I'm using every single watt that generator can put out well, for charging. When me and Jesse are out there, I mean, we can literally, it's yeah. one guy's, we're back almost high five. in as we're walking on one guy's walking out or you're standing there waiting when the other guy's ready. Yeah. And, but that's, that's requiring that I am cranking on everything all the time. Well, Now all of these little things like my fluorescent light in the trailer and maybe I got a little something. I want to warm up a cup of coffee in there. or You know what I mean? Just
4: this last weekend, I was talking to you and I'm like, dude, I just looked at my laptop charger. The freaking charger to charge my MacBook Pro is 80 watts. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) so. I need that. (laughs) It's not. I don't think it needs to be
2: a 4,000. Well, it would mm-hmm. be very nice to have a generator that could put out 2,000 continuous. Continuous, yeah. Yeah.
0: I have one of those.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, but it's a game. It's the wicked game. You know. Do you need it all the time? Oh, God, no. Yeah, see, I, I
4: think I think my hang-up is, so currently I'm running two 306s, and it's like if I was by myself, which I am most of the time, the dual chargers, I you know, I'd knock a couple minutes off. There is no doubt that that would, you know, sp- decrease the time in between flights for me. But you go ahead and throw one other person into the mix out at the field, that completely changes everything. Or one nitro flight. Or one, ni- yeah, or one nitro heli. That completely changed. That's a game changer right there because now all of a sudden that gives me a chance to get caught up. That 25 amps per channel is all of a sudden acceptable. And so it's, it's, it really is a big, you know, a huge balancing act as to what you actually need, what you want, what's going to, you know, help you get more flights in per day. And yeah, there's a lot of variables to throw in there. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. I,
2: I still feel that it's just completely worth it. And, you know, it's, it's taught me this is kind of like there's the combination of, You know, of I think of getting the MD, and you know, I'm going to be pushing the packs in the MD hard. I'm really going to be pushing those. And then this review came about, and you know, Jesse, just so everyone knows, here, this kid is a testament of of pack maintenance, you know, keeping them at storage charge. He's very conscious about that. Always timers. We had the discussion about timers. (laughs) I kind of got to the end of the, you know, end of it this, well, yeah. I guess about a month ago where it was like, I, I really realized, wow, I'm just not getting the cycles out of my packs that I used to. And m- maybe that's not the pack's fault. Like my, I had gotten sloppy. I had gotten careless with my charging. I'd gotten careless with my timer. And all of a sudden I'm needing packs and it's like, dude. I need packs. I need a lot of packs. You know, where's and that two hundred like cycles? Bought some. Yeah, where's that two hundred cycles I used to get out of them? And I'm over there, like, dude, are, are you
4: like these batteries
2: are still working for you?
4: Because
1: why yeah, are you taking I'm a crap? There,
4: I'm sitting there, like, what are you talking about, man? These things have been going for a year. <laughs> yeah, same packs,
2: same time, everything, and his are just ripping along, and I'm I'm buying new ones and having the same results, and it it, it was me and my habits and. And uh this just taught me a lot. I feel good. I feel really good about all this and, and maintaining and yeah, keeping I'll, everything
4: healthy. Last uh last Monday at the field I actually saw Nick put a set of packs on the charger at storage. He was discharging a set of packs on the charger. It's true. I don't think I've ever seen that. Ever. Ever. <laughs>
0: I've been doing it with all of my packs ever since you 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 and
4: I talked about that, Nick.
3: Yeah. Yep. I discharge mine in my heli. <laughs>
4: That's what <laughs> I I, I usually plan ahead with my flights. It's like for me I've got it figured out that okay, if I if I knock forty five seconds off of my flight time, the packs will come out at like three point eight three a cell, which is perfect for storage, so I kind of know when, not I'm, that organized. when I'm about not ready to start too. packing up and heading home. So the last flight of the day on that set of packs, I'll just chop 45 seconds off the flight.
2: Uh, there um, you go. Uh, I got to take baby steps <laughs> and storage charging is baby steps because I find out when I'm going to come home by the phone call. Hey, when are you going to be home? Uh, I'm leaving in five. I, I right was actually now. just packing up. <laughs> just <getting right. laughs> yeah, it's funny way. you should say that.
0: I was... <laughs> I just happen to be getting ready to
3: leave. Can you hear the, the car thing. engine running?
2: I'm always just packing up. Jesse knows when
4: I leave the
1: field, oh, yeah. it's in a hurry.
4: <laughs> yep. I think so, that's partially uh, what, uh, what caused you to get the trailer. You just shut the door and drive away. Just slam the door <laughs> and drive away.
2: Like, absolutely, dude. I don't have time to do this.
0: Moving right along, we should probably remind everybody about our fun fly. Right?
3: Yeah. We should. And what what are the dates of that fun fly, Dan? 26th, 27th, and 28th? No. 27th,
0: 28th, Uh, and 29th?
3: (laughs) Yep. There you go. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Eventually, I was going to get it, right? If I kept going? Around there. Uh, That fun fly is going to be up in Deer Park. We all had a great time. It was a fantastic event. Mark your calendars. A few notes. You know, we're going to be... There's going to be some people coming in from... Long ways away. And we we definitely, if you have any concerns about getting your equipment there, get in touch with one of us and we will help you figure that out. We're going to be holding helis for, for some folks and, um, you know, having them, you, know, you can ship them out, that kind of stuff. We already have one sponsor for our fun fly, worth mentioning, I think.
2: Uh, definitely worth mentioning.
0: Progressive RC, we'd like to thank Dave for so David. Oh my God, see? it's it's just it's gonna have to be dave i'm never gonna get over that so david from progressive rc thank you for for supporting (laughs) us and man we really really look forward to that event uh aside from that othello is right around the corner for those of you in the northwest and uh, elsewhere if you want to come up that that is that's always a fun season starter it's a great event we get to hang out re-meet our heli friends from around the, the region that we hadn't seen all year and we're really looking forward to that.
2: And Dan, don't forget that you can also buy Justin's uh, Compass Blades at Rotary what? Wing RC.
0: Dude, I swear to God. Oh yeah! you seriously? That's
3: what I like to hear.
0: Um, Jesse, you gonna back me up on this? Oh, Jesse. Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, Jesse.
4: I could give you the URL or you can go buy them. <laughs> <laughs> what do i have, what do I have? Uh,
0: oh jesse i need to know what do i need to do to sway your opinion of, of my ability to pass?
4: 35 flights this next week
0: is that the
2: number you need
4: i think oh, i was
2: gonna say money's the first step but
4: no i think if i saw 35 flights that would be a pretty good sign that justin should be really worried.
0: here's here, here's what you I just wait I can almost guarantee you by tomorrow night I will have an additional 20 or maybe even 25 flights. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, well by tomorrow night I may have an additional 50 Nothing. flights. Yeah. No, you
4: won't. Dude. Sorry. So, you got to make it believable. Yeah, that was a little too far. <laughs> 30.
0: <laughs> you know, the, the fun flies are are great fun. We get we do a live show, we get to hang out with our friends from the Northwest and whoever else happens to come out to these events, definitely stop by, you know, look, I guess if you wanted to know more information about Othello, you could look, I guess, uh, Bill usually posts something on, I don't know if he has yet. I haven't seen it. I don't really go to run rider that often, but generally Bill will post, uh, what's, what those, does anybody happen to know the dates of Othello?
3: Yeah. It's the 16th through the 19th, I believe of May.
0: All right. so, Definitely, we look forward to seeing those of you who are heading to that event out there as well. Nick, if I wanted to send you an email, how would I do that?
4: Uh, You'd shoot me an email at nick at RCHellynation.com.
0: Jesse, if I wanted to get you an email.
4: Uh, You could send me an email at jesse at rchelionation.com. Justin. You could send me
3: an email at justin at RCHellynation.com.
0: I'm Dan. You can reach me at Reed on our forums or dan at RCHellynation.com. Uh, just a quick mention also to our Facebook. Thank you guys for your support on there. It's, um, I think we're somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,300. I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you. It's somewhere in that range, 32 something. Yep. I would also like to invite you to check out our webpage. We've got tech tips, reviews. We've got the, the chat box on the front. We've got the forums and, uh, Uh, events, events. Thank you, Dieter. And Dieter's been been keeping up on the events
2: a lot of people don't know that we have that awesome event thing that you can actually add to your calendar on, you can subscribe to our calendar on your phone and have all the events show up on your phone. But you know what you're missing out on. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And hats, don't forget to get your hat orders in. Uh, when I uh, make my way back home, uh, Sunday night, Monday, there's a large hat order there waiting for me. So those of you... Um, who are waiting for hats. They will be going out. Alrighty,
0: All righty. Well, I guess that's about it, guys. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We will see you next Monday.
4: Later. Later, guys. Have a good week. Have a good one, guys.
0: This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by KDE Direct, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Genzai Batteries, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.